This is an audio-only podcast taken from a Twitch live stream, so some content may not make sense outside of its live environment, and there may be short breaks in the audio. To watch the full live talk show, please visit www.twitch.tv forward slash hi7ch. Today I am joined by the ever-present Mr. Gray's Gaming One. Hello. <laughs> and was that too loud? <laughs> no, no, that was okay. And the wonder, the epicness that is a very first-time guest Excellent. on this show. Thank you, Lucinda. Uh, Mr. Amiga Bill. What's up, Hitchers? <laughs> Hitch, no, thanks so much for having me on, man. Your your channel is just really wonderful. I love it, and it's just an uh, honor to be here. You. Thank you, dude. Seriously, the honor is mine today. Uh, hopefully, you are going to school us on the Amiga. Now, Bill's only here for a little bit, so we're going to kick this straight off. Um, Bill, what do you know about this, this Excellent. beauty? Uh, that, not much, because it is uh, something that wasn't readily available here in the States. No. So, yeah, the, the old ZX, is not, I actually didn't learn much about it until I got into retro. I mean, I've always been into retro i've always been into the amiga but yeah. <laughs> i guess i got into the retro when the amiga became retro <laughs> uh, and i started going to these uh, retro shows and retro events that we have and uh and i came across one for the first time so to be honest i know very very little about it and it's uh it's exciting to to see it and every time someone uh, talks about it or tells some stories about it or streams it it's always always cool to see it cool well i haven't actually streamed it yet and bovine thank you for the hosting he's going to tell me off for not streaming it because i promise are you going to be able to stream it have yes, you the hardware I, to stream? I, I have the hardware to stream it now. Nice. 1982. Okay, I can't remember the exact time, but for me, 1982, I was a kid. I left high school in 1984. I graduated, so I was 14, I think. She's old. Like that. I, I am old, yes. 1982, <laughs> I got my first ZX Spectrum. This one. <laughs> um, from Sinclair Research, direct in a box because they weren't available in shops. This was pre-shops. This was the olden times, man. Pre-shops. <laughs> pre-shops, pre-internet. <laughs> um, so they sent it me out, and I got it for Christmas in 1982. Uh, so it was nearly 1983, I guess, technically. Or it could have been 1981. I'm really not. It's a long time ago, okay? But I got it. It, it was postmarked on the computer, 1982. That's when you boot up the operating system. And I got this Spectrum, and... The world opened up. That is when my first home computers really started. Before that, I had a ZX80, a ZX81. Uh, I had a BBC Model B as well, a little bit uh, around that kind of same time. Uh, but the this little beauty was a thing. Took it to school. Everybody fell in love with it. Everybody bought one. It was massive in the UK. In the US, as you've just mentioned, Bill, uh, it was called the Timex Sinclair, and it wasn't very popular at all. It wasn't even very compatible with most of the Spectrum games. Not I sure didn't even why. know it was. I didn't know it was called something else in the US. Yep, Timex Sinclair. So if you want Timex. one and you're in America, go grab a Timex Sinclair. Um, games on it. Come on, great. You you must know this computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a plus two. Uh, my father had a plus two. Nice. That's the uh, one he, with the cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. He used it for work. I obviously didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh Christ! There's the the games like the Barbarian. Um, some of you might, well, most of you might not know them. Monty on the Run, Odd Job Eddie, which I always say, and nobody ever remembers Odd Job Eddie, but 
When you Google it, it's quite a popular game. I have no idea what Odd Job Eddie is. I thought that yeah, was no. C64, which is no, a Commodore, no, no. which Bill might know a little bit more about. Yeah, no, no, it was um, Odd Job Eddie, a dizzy uh, fancy island or fancy dizzy. adventure. Code Aliens. Masters. Yes. Barbarian, did I say barbarian, where you chop the head off and the little yeah. dwarf comes in and kicks the head off the thing. How? Interestingly, like another difference there, uh, in the States, that was called Death Sword. Barbarian was called Death Sword. Was it? Death yeah. Sword? That is a better yep. name. Same exact game, just different yeah. di different title. Can you well, on the UK kid, Dad, can I have Barbarian? Yeah, sure. American kid, Dad, can I have Death Sword? No way, no way, son. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was at the time, but on the cover of the Barbarian game, uh, you had Gladiators in the US, but we obviously had Gladiators over here. Wolf from Gladiators was the Barbarian. With ah, the hot chick. oh, the Gladiator TV show. I thought you were talking <laughs> the about the actual Roman Gladiator. No, 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 no. TV show, TV show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he was there originally, but I have seen that cover since. What and... was the cover for Death Sword? Do we know? I'm trying to remember. It, I think it was just more of a screen grab, if I if no, I recall. But I can't I can't remember. Uh, it's a very good question. I should know that. Uh, <laughs> I, sh I should say, like, if you look at it now, it's still. You know, it's chopping off heads, yeah. and like I said, a little dwarf comes up and kicks the heads, rolls it out of the screen. But I was, when I first played that, I was probably like five years old. It was quite a violent game. It's yeah. quite a violent game. Oh, yeah. you know? I think uh, it was one of my you first You know what, a game, Death Sword? Game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first decapitation <laughs> uh, games I ever played. Yeah, exactly the same. And I think he drags, if I'm not mistaken, the gnome drags the body off the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't chop his head off, you just kill him. He just drags him off. It's <laughs> great. It's brutal. I'm going to get political for one very short second. This is not part of the stream, okay? So all the current, again, talk about uh, violent video games calls violent kids. I've never killed anybody. Great. No, mate. No, right. no, no. no. Not never so ever going to admit an... to it on Twitch anyway, but... <laughs> I've never so much as killed an animal. But there, there actually is, this is crazy, like, um, I'm, I'm working from home today, and there's actually a manhunt going on outside my house today. Really? There's a helicopter, because someone was killed right next door. It's, it's pretty sad. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, he's still at large. All the Stay safe, Bill. Down. Stay safe. Yeah, it's Stay dude, I'm, I feel safe here in, in my, my battle station. <laughs> but it's quite scary. <laughs> if, 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 if anybody gets into Bill's house, beware, you will be killed by Amigas. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, anyway, he's safe. He, he, he's living in his, inside his workbench. So exactly. He's like Mad Max. Max Headroom, sorry. Mad Max. Max Headroom of Amigas. <laughs> Does Bill live next to B? Possibly. She had a manhunt, didn't she? Not that long since. Did she? Yeah, yeah, she did. But we're not going to talk about manhunts. That's America. not what we're here for. Um, yeah, US Gold. Um, US Ocean. Gold. Ocean. They were a big starter. Ocean. Bill should know Ocean from Amiga. Massive. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've already said US Gold. Codemasters, they started off. It's on, one with on, a P on, I'm on trying to think of right on now. Spectrum, sorry. So I tip my tongue. Cyan? P-S-I-O-N. Uh, Psygnosis. Psygnosis, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's big in Sony. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of Barbarian, Psygnosis, that's an interesting one because uh, the game that we knew here as Barbarian was a Psygnosis game, and it was oh, one of the right. first. Yeah, and it was one of the first games I had for my Amiga 500. It was like one, literally one of the originals, and it, it's uh, it was kind of like a you you controlled it with the mouse, so the controls were like <laughs> very unique. You, yes, <laughs> you controlled it with the mouse. It's crazy. Wow. And, like you, all the actions were down on the bottom of the screen. And if you wanted to like run or, or retreat or use your sword, you had to like click on it with the mouse. And huh. it was just, the controls were strange, but 
the the graphics you know like the well the, some of the graphics were absolutely incredible the gameplay graphics were okay but they were the like the uh the, the box art was from roger dean it was just gorgeous like it hooked you right from the box art and then some of the uh the title screens in the game were, were the same as uh, as the box art and it's just absolutely gorgeous and then it starts out with this this guy like with a sword and he just chops this chain and it's like there's like lightning strikes and the sound is amazing and it's like sounds yeah, wonderful that sounds way better than the barbarian game i played yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember it so it, my, my barbarian was obviously very dull my, mine, mine was yeah. no conan the, the uk cover i just put lin, lin, the massive humongous link in the twitch by the way that Jesus was the uk Christ. cover Okay. I know, but uh, just so you can have a quick look. <laughs> cool. It's called Barbarian the Ultimate Warrior. I can't remember the Ultimate Warrior part. Nice. Hi, Riot Retro Gaming, by the way. Welcome to, to the Hitching Post where we're talking about uh, retro in computers. No consoles in this, um, even though I did mention Sony just now. Though Sony made a, uh, a couple of computers, in Japan at least, MX2, MSX2. Oh, the it? MSX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MSX, um, which is pretty famous for um, a certain, yeah, a certain game <laughs> that you like, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, probably. Oh, there's the Metal Gear version. on the MSX, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about that though, mainly because there are so many, and I know sod all about that one. Um, yeah. So it's not going to be a very interesting thing. Uh, nobody mentioned, Bill. I know this computer wasn't huge, the ZX Spectrum. Uh, but have you heard of a game called Manic Miner? Yeah, I've heard absolutely. I've heard of the game. Um, I don't. I can't recall it like off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but it's, it sounds very, very familiar. I, I, if I see it, I, I may, I may know it. Uh, the music. Oh, that's it. Oh. Okay. When you jump, it's like. I got it. I got it because that's that's brilliant. That's a really good reenactment there because I did have it. On my first home computer, the Atari 800, which, ah. and the Amiga has its roots in the Atari 800. You know, a lot of people think it, it was an evolution from Commodore 64 to Amiga, yeah. but in my opinion, like the 800, the Atari 8-bit has has more Amiga in it, you know, than than the 64 because the team, like Jay Miner, the father of the Amiga, he made the Antic chip, which is in the Atari 800, and then he later went on to start High Toro, that became Amiga, and then it was bought by Commodore. And this is why his parents named him Amiga Bill. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he was just, he was born inside one. Exactly. I was, I was just J looking J up. Jay Miner's my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking up mine, a manic miner, by the way, because yep. I forgot where it looked like. And I, as I looked at it, I remember when I said "Odd Job Eddie." I used to play. But yep. it was like a copy of a more famous game. Well, it's a copy of Manic Miner. It is it's a, copy, a rip yeah, off. That I, I don't knew. know what came first. I don't yeah. know what came first. But, Manic but... Miner. Manic Miner came first. Wrote by a guy. I think <laughs> it was identical. called Matthew. Matthew Smith, or is that just because I'm thinking Doctor Who? I I'm don't not. Know. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna stick my limb out, the, uh, my head out there, and, and and say it was definitely made by Matthew him. Smith. Yes, it was Matthew Released Smith by Bug Bite in 1983. I remembered, and I didn't Google that. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly, uh, he went on to make Jet Set uh, Willy as well, which was the sequel Jet to Manic Miner, which was superior in every way, I must admit, and still had the same epic music. Um, uh, sadly, he then went on to get depression and has pretty much never made anything since, which is a little bit sad. And he spent all his money. And it, it, old game devs on like the Spectrums and the Amigas, they're very much like old boxers. It's like they go a few rounds and then they're poor and they lose all the money and they just disappear into the wastelands. It's really sad. 
it's it's a shame when that happens nowadays not so much back then definitely definitely uh, oh, pardon me right, the spectrum came in seven seven formats as i've mentioned the the this one was the first one the rubber keyed one uh, then we had the ZX Spectrum Plus, which I actually have behind me, but I'm not going to get it. It's virtually the same. You can actually transfer the motherboard from one to the other and back. It's same screw holes. It is the same computer. Then there was the Plus 2, which uh, Mr. Gray That's had, the one I had. Yeah. which was a tape deck. And then there was a Plus 3, which had a um, floppy drive of sorts. It was kind of a diskette. It was oh, awful. Yeah, I forgot about that. Terrible, that. terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, very, very rarely worked. The <laughs> Always. Plus the plus two, by the way, I, I I did have up until about three years ago when I sold it. I sold it, and I the biggest regret ever. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. I've been I've been lucky. I haven't really sold anything. <laughs> I've, I've I'm pretty much hoarded it because <laughs> I know I'd always be I'd always regret it. You know, it's like whenever you get yeah. rid of that the one thing that doesn't seem relevant at the time. Yeah. You know, a few years down the road, you're just like, oh man, I had that. Why did I get rid of it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> chat, like, yeah. chat, guys in chat, have you have you had ZX Spectrums, Timex Sinclairs, uh, or did you get into it when you were a little bit older? Uh, oh, so, yes, I read about the guy who made Jet Set Willy. I think it was. I think it's so in bedrooms to billions. Yes, he was on that. He was minted. I still haven't seen spent that. Spent the lot. Got depressed. Possibly because he spent a lot on that one. He sure. and he spent a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then literally ended up like um, that famous Hollywood producer slash pilot slash entrepreneur uh, Hughes, uh, and and ended yeah. up in living in in squalor for quite a long time, uh, which was sad. But then we had the likes of Codemasters, who are huge today still, but back then they were. Now the termed indie. Back then. Bedroom code coders. Masters. Bedroom coders. Yeah, do you remember you know Codemasters? No, I know, but they're not indie, no, they actually. No, they they now Oh back then you mean yeah, right, back then now they'd be turned indie, but right. back, back then we yeah. called them bedroom coders. Yeah. Uh, that's what they were. Bedroom uh, coders. Yeah, I, I was a bedroom coder. It's, <laughs> it's basically just sad lonely children. That grow up one day to be handsome with beards, wear awesome caps and blue t shirts, <laughs> and a bald headed ginger Welshman. Um <laughs> That's interesting. Oh. Sorry to interrupt. I but about bedroom coders. Um, there was actually one of my all-time favorite games on my Apple II was Karataka, um, and it was done by a guy named Jordan Mechner, and he later went on to do oh, Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and Karataka and Jordan. I didn't even know it, but he was almost my neighbor. He lived about a mile down the street really? from me, and wow. that's where he coded um, Prince of Persia. And it's a pretty interesting story. I mean, that's where he coded Karataka, and it's yeah. an interesting story because it was one of the first games to, to use rotoscoping. So Jordan would like go to our local dojo, like, and he would um, take still pictures of the karate instructor. Yeah. And then he would uh, go back to his Apple and use a koala pad and uh, trace all the movements, and that's how he got the the the, flu the fluidity of the movement in Karateka. Because it's like wow. one of the first games that I played where the movement was like, extremely real, and it was really important because it's a karate game, and karate obviously is all about you know movement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was really I, I played that game. I can see I, it. I now. have played that yeah. game. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. looked at some pictures and I have played it. I don't remember playing it, but I look, you look and you go, oh, yeah. It's like the, it triggers something. Um, that is a cool story, man. Does, yeah. Does, and it, does it, he still he live around to, there? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I follow him on Instagram and we talk on Instagram. I'm not sure where he lives. You should, I, you should um, stalk him. Definitely stalk him. I stalk. should. <laughs> yes. I, I, I have a feeling. I don't think he does. I think he moved out to the West Coast. He actually was also very into filmmaking. He's not doing filmmaking now, from what I know. But he, um, 
like he wanted to he always wanted to be a film director okay. so his games are all very cinematic and like even karateka he kind of uh took ideas from like bruce lee game of death where you have yeah. to like you know fight a progression of bosses and it's pretty dramatic like you're like running along the, the ground and the other guy is like running at you and you guys and you, he builds up the the drama and then you guys meet and fight yeah. And he also had a story where about the guy captured the princess. So it was one of the early the early games that had like a bit of a story to it from from my perspective, cool. from my memory. I'm interested <laughs> in the rotoscoping part that you mentioned. Does that mean mm. he did he basically invent rotoscoping? I don't I don't think I don't think he invented it. I think he um, I mean I'm not sure when rotoscoping yeah. was invented. I think he was basically using a technique like you know animators would use yeah. where they would draw hand draw every frame. Um, cause he didn't, it wasn't actually a rotoscope on the computer. He would just kind of, uh, look on the qual pad he'd like, look at the picture that he took and then yeah. trace it. Huh. So, That's um, cool. yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. And he t there's actually a great book. Um, it's, I think it's called making of Karataka. Uh, you can look at it on Amazon and it's his, it's his memoirs. And he okay. took very detailed notes when he was a kid. I mean, he was a young kid. He was before college about his whole experience and it's a great read and he has the same thing for prince of persia yeah they're great reads great great reads i'm gonna have to check that one out uh, as 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 amiga bill knows being a, a bought a book on amigas uh, on his stream i do actually like uh, uh, books on those things retro gaming riot uh right retro gaming just eric eric chahi chahi he was Chahi. Uh, that was another world mm -hmm. ah okay uh, yeah. like, Th that's the reason i mentioned rotoscoping is one of my favorite games of all time and probably most people in his favorite games of all time is flashback which was yeah. of course yeah. famous for the, the you know the graphics of rotoscoping it looked sublime on a slightly different system than what we're talking about here okay uh we're gonna it was only amiga mate it was it was we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. getting there we're getting yeah. basically bill's <laughs> time limited so i'm trying to get to bill's segment as fast <laughs> as i can <laughs> oh that take your time it's all good it's well, I don't want to. I don't want to cause you disruptions. You've been great coming here. So, um, but yeah, uh, the, the, my my biggest quickly my biggest memory of the spectrum is of course the twenty minute load times, and then very often failing to actually load because you load from cassette <laughs> tapes, which stretch, which doesn't do the data any good. Uh, but it's still one of my favourite systems, retro systems of all time. <laughs> A few times I've actually YouTubed the loading screens of Spectrum games <laughs> just for pure nostalgia because I've, I've literally sat there for like three or four minutes just listening to the... <laughs> all that. Does, does anybody else... This happened on other computers as well. So you, you guys <laughs> on other computers and guys in chat. Do you remember the turbo loads? That basically sped up a twenty-minute load to fifteen minutes. Oh no, I didn't. No, no. I didn't. It, it, it was like you know, you know, the the lines going up and down the screen. I don't know if they went twice as fast, but it certainly felt like it. And they often cocked up stuff uh, with the turbo loads. <laughs> Those were the days, basically, of, of yeah, getting shit onto your computer and, and backing it up. You imagine writing yeah. out a program and backing it up to a cassette tape. <laughs> Who does I had a cassette. That? That's crazy. I had a cassette drive for my Atari 8-bit, and man, I remember it used to take like 30 minutes to load a game, if you were lucky, if it worked. Yes. If there was like one little error, it, the whole thing would be kaput. The, the error, uh, though, was always 29 minutes into the 30, wasn't it? Yeah. I've said this before as well, but there was a back in the days where I would save up my pocket money the entire week, go to my local news agents, and next, next to the cigarettes... 
And the videotapes would be the Spectrum games. Yeah. And that's what I would buy. The one ninety nine or two ninety nine Mastertronic bargain bin ones. Yeah, yeah, those yes. ones. Yeah, the plastic yes. bags. It was, oh, it was brilliant. Little punk gamer <laughs> says we used to go and play outside whilst loading C sixty four games. <laughs> See, now, did, video did, games did, didn't keep you inside; they got you outside while yeah, you were yeah. waiting for them. <laughs> so, did they come out with a floppy drive for it? Because I, well, I'm my eight hundred man. When I when I got the floppy drive, it was like a major upgrade, and I was it, like, it oh, was wow, it is, was this little square thing. I can't remember its exact name. It wasn't a floppy disk. It was it was more you know the diskettes on the Amigas that weren't mm-hmm, actually the floppy yeah. on the outside at yep. least. It was kind yep. of like them, but smaller, a little bit squarer. They felt great. When you first get them, you're like, oh, what I've got. Boys. My mate had one. I was always <laughs> jealous. Yeah, that's that's. The, it, it's a bit like remember when zip discs came out on the Amigas, oh, yeah. and you bought yeah. a zip disc, and everybody's coming and saying, "Whoa, that stores how much?" <laughs> Excellent. You know, it was hundred just... megabytes, man. It's living yeah. large. <laughs> living large. Hey, James is here. James, if you want to get in this chat, we'll grab you in as soon as Bill's gone. Okay. Um, right, quickly. Spectrum done, gone. Okay. Anything before it? Yeah, we get it. Uh, Commodore. 64 now i thought that bill would be like yay commodores but as he's just said he's an amiga guy amiga bill and he's just said he doesn't really class the c64 as the forefather to the amiga because of uh what Milner did on the atari um so that's kind of ruined for me now so great <laughs> great, great uh, it's still the number one computer of all time i i love the 64 as well yeah, um in, but... in the uk they weren't that popular Around really? me. Okay. See, I see. I didn't know. I didn't know this until later in life because I'm going now. But uh, my 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 father, he he had a Commodore VIC twenty, uh, which he used for work. Yeah. And then he got the Commodore sixty four a couple of years later, which again he used. For, I obviously again didn't use him for work. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that's why I was fully aware of what Commodores were mm. growing up. Like you know, I did. Yeah. I had no idea until in my mid twenties that. Mm. They weren't popular over here. I didn't know that. Like you know, yeah. I, I mean, just thought it was Commodore the sixty four came out wow. in nineteen eighty two, exact same time, virtually by yeah. month as the ZX Spectrum. 16K. I had Spectrum first, mind. Yeah, ZX Spectrum popular as hell over here. Commodore sixty four. Everybody's like, oh, you only Commodore sixty four is like, but when did you get it? Everybody says around nineteen eighty four in the UK. Wow, That's two years where the Spectrum absolutely dominated. Nobody had a Commodore 64. You said 1994? 84, 84, 84. Oh, 84, okay. Did I say 94? Rewind. No, I might have, no, I I probably misheard you. 94 is obviously an important year to to us Commodoreans. Yes, no, no, 84 for the, it came out in 82, the C64, but in the UK, people may argue, but I think most people if they remember it, will say, yeah, I don't even remember a C64 until at least two, three years after playing mm. on a Spectrum. Now, I stuck with my Spectrum yeah. and then went on to Amstrad CPCs, which got, which bought the Spectrum brand. Um, so I never had a C64, but I, I saw the bread bins. I didn't <laughs> like them. Then they brought out another model. Gray has one right now. I'm hoping he'll hold it up. Yeah. It's in disgusting condition, but apparently it, it is works. discolored. <laughs> It's this colored yeah, to hell and back. It's it's that plastic, isn't it? It's, it's the old fireproof plastic. plastic stuff. Yeah, but uh, it does um, work. By the way, it works. Now that is the C sixty four shape that I love. Bill's going to yeah. know why because what does it look like? A bloody Amiga, Amiga five hundred. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slightly smaller Amiga five hundred. Um, yeah. 
It's a 64C. They that was it, they call it the C here in the states. Oh, oh right. Okay. Cool. 64. And actually, that was my first Commodore 64 as well. I I actually have a bread bin back here right now that uh, I this I love the bread bins. Um, but the 64C was my first one because I also got the 64 late because like I said, I had Atari 800. I believe came out in 1980 if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's when I got it. My dad got it for me. I'm you know I'm very very lucky <laughs> that my it was a very expensive computer and I'm like super lucky that my dad got it for me. He he was just a teacher. You know he didn't have like a big salary or anything, but he spent all his money getting me this computer and it obviously it changed my life. Um, so yeah, my dad rocks and um, very supportive. And he, um, so I had the, already had the 800 when the 64 came out, so there wasn't much need to get a 64. And I also heard, oh, it, it takes forever for the game to load on the 64. The Atari man, it just boots up much faster. So I'm like, cool, I'll stick with the Atari for now. But eventually, <laughs> I saw some really cool games on the 64, and I was like, oh man, I, I would love to have one. And at that time, uh, the 64C had just come out, and they had like a really good deal on it. So we scored the 64C. That's the thing I loved about the 64 when, uh, like I said, my father first had it. I'd be, I had the Spectrum, I think, for at least three years before that. I yeah. can't remember now. But the, the games were in proper full color. You mm -hmm. know, they were full on color games, I, I assume 8 bit. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but. Yeah, um, the Spectrum was 8 bit, so I'm assuming the C64 was 8 bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had, it had more colors, were, though, didn't it? It had more colors and it had. Yeah. You know, more, um, I don't know, the saying the music chip was better. Yeah, Sid you know. chip. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, had, it didn't you know, have color bleed though, so it was obviously terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, but yeah, that's that was my memory of uh, Commodore 64. Yeah, and I had the, the running man on it, I loved it. <laughs> you see, I, 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 I have seen a C64 and I've kind of sat there, it's like I've seen this Vic 20 and a Dragon 32. Um, which is a computer that most people don't even know existed. Um, but I've never played a game on a C64. Wow. Never. Um, I just didn't. I, 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 I was very much, a, it's not Spectrum, fanboy, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what's your, you what's your favorite game, if you can name it, on a C64? Uh, I'm expecting one of you to say the karate kung fu game. Is it kung fu? Yeah, kung fu. Kung fu. Oh, yeah, yeah, kung fu is amazing. Yeah, I, I love you. <laughs> Fairly sure I had it on the Spectrum, or I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was or on Maybe the it was a Commodore. I don't know. Bruce Lee. I love Bruce. Okay, yeah. Riot Retro is on point there. Bruce Lee is probably <laughs> one of my all-time favorite games. But yeah. even though it is available on the 64, it came out originally for Atari 8-bit. So I, I always oh, consider right. that an Atari game. Yeah. Um, but the 64 version is great. Uh, I love Skate or Die. Skate or Die. I just love, yeah, I I love I skateboarding when I was a kid. I love Skate or Die. Yeah, I loved skateboarding when I was a kid, and it was kind of like summer games or yep. winter games, like one of those, but, but on skateboards, and it was it was really cool. <laughs> nice. nice. Young ER Kung Fu mind, I could not for the life of me do the front kick. Uh, really annoyed the game. hell out of me. Really annoyed the hell out of me, but I did like the game. <laughs> oh my god, Skate or Die was the best. They, see, see even, even the woman at the side of me knows the Commodore 64 better than me, and she hates retro gaming, so... <laughs> Well, it doesn't hate, but um, to I this day, that to this day, the Commodore sixty four is still like the the number one selling model of a computer of all time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was huge. Cool. It was huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, like I've said, it, it might have took a couple of years to overtake in the UK, but it overtook and annihilated. Uh, I think the Spectrum sold over seven models, which I believe includes the when Amstrad took them over. Um, oh, yeah. something like five million units, which is pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, from, from 1982 onwards, that's 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 pretty bloody good. Five million units, but the C64 
Wipeouts. Here's, here's a question for uh, Bill Amiga Bill. Did do you know what the Amstrad is? I again I do now because of the whole retro. Because uh, that was community. obviously a British one as well. The yeah, Amstrad. but we never yeah. never heard of it back then. Oh, it was, nice. Yeah, here in the states it was Atari was huge and Commodore. Again, I had no idea back then that the Amstrad wasn't in America and, you know, the Commodore wasn't popular. I had n none of that when I was a kid. I just played them for what they were like, you know? Yeah. I, I Commodore know. is also a little bit different because, you know, most companies uh, had their headquarters out in California, Silicon Valley. But Commodore was East Coast. They were they were only about two hours from me in New York City. Uh, oh, in right. Yeah, so it was a different different kind of company. Even Amiga, you know, Hytoro and Amiga, they started out on in Silicon Valley. And then when Commodore bought them, yeah. Uh, it was it was kind of like they had to share notes across the country and as far I know some people don't don't quite grasp the concept of how big big it is but going from New York to California is massive it's like a, yeah. a five hour airplane <laughs> flight you know <laughs> yeah yeah Mo, yeah we we, we we think like you know distance is a couple of hours to right. drive because you get from one end of the country to another but uh, yeah it's, it's a little bit different over there yeah. that, that must yeah. be good. I feel sorry for Riot Retro Gaming because we are literally making him list everything he wants to buy on eBay <laughs> Riot Retro Gaming I love it he's a great those guys are awesome I don't know if you watch them here they're great guys I haven't seen them <laughs> but um I, i'm probably gonna follow those guys uh, oh they're are, awesome are they all twitch streamers or is it youtube uh they do they do they multi-stream so they're on everything okay, cool. <laughs> they're like on twitch youtube and facebook yeah but the u.s thinks 100 years is a long time <laughs> it's not as bad as australia for them decades a long time um, that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> for us yeah it's so funny because my wife is from poland and then when i when she came here originally i was like this church is so old it's like 150 years old and she's like <laughs> <laughs> it's brand new in poland are you kidding me you talk to a Viking now. Well, yeah. adopted Viking, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, okay, we're, we're going to skip again. Um, C64, very similar to um, the Spectrums, very similar kind of models as they had different versions. Uh, the 128, they had a 128, didn't they, on Spectrum and Commodore 64. I also had a Commodore 16 plus 4 as well, which I used to have. A 16 plus 4. <laughs> 16 plus 4. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. It's basically it was is that basically Commodore, a Commodore C20. It's not. It was a Commodore 16. Yeah. But better. <laughs> it Plus came out after four the better. Vic 20. It was four it came better. Out after the Vic 20. <laughs> Vic 20 was an awful computer. We're not going to get into that. I loved the Vic 20. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess if you if you had one. It's I like, was the Commodore yeah. guy. Yes, I mean yes, yeah. So. Yeah. And one of my mates, like I said, he had a Dragon 32. It was the only. I think it was the only guy in the UK that had a Dragon 32. <laughs> Nobody knew what that was. And that's a cool computer. Yeah, it is cool computer. But we used to take. I used to like take the Spectrum round. Dragon 32 gathered dust so mm. you know it was a case of game library amongst other things uh but at least it had a proper keyboard unlike the spectrum all right so 1987 in europe at least a certain computer was announced and released in 1986 i think it was announced it was released in europe in 1987 and bill will know this computer very well it, it had an a in it and it had a five and a zero and a zero and it was Probably the godliest game. I'm just going to say game computer because it did everything else. But it was probably the godliest gaming computer system ever made. I'm sticking my neck out right now and saying that. I loved it. I didn't want to shout into the mic. I yeah. it. I, I <laughs> the, the Amiga know. 500. Can we can we get enough praise for the Amiga 500? Yeah. Because yeah, it's it's Bill. Heap 
Keep us with love, your love for the Amiga 500. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the 500 obviously changed my life. I got uh, an Amiga 500 in 1987 when it came out. I got it for yep. Christmas. Uh, I always <laughs> I dreamed of having an Amiga because, I, you know, obviously the 1000 came out in 1985, two years before. Yeah. And I always used to, like, you know, look at the, the back of the of the game packaging. And I would look at, like, Commodore 64, which I had, or Atari 8-bit. And, and I'd be like, oh, man, like, that's what I'm stuck with. Look at the Amiga version. It looks so awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was, like, dreamed of, of an Amiga. But the 1000 was pretty expensive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we are like, maybe one day we can get a 1000, you know, we save up. And then the 500 came out. And somehow, see, that's where Commodore comes in, into play big time. Because uh, the Amiga guys... Uh, obviously, they they made the 1000, but the the what the Commodore guys brought to the table was they were able to uh, make a better version of the 1000 and make it cheaper, and that that was thanks to the Commodore engineers. Yeah. Uh, so and that was just absolutely key because it was finally it was still an expensive computer, but it was it was finally you know affordable. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and then you know to get those those graphics just just blew me away. I mean, obviously graphics are what what drew me to the computer. Yeah. And um, yeah. It was it's just awesome. <laughs> the go cool. sorry. Oh yeah, so no, just the the ability to you know like have arcade quality games like I even though you know Marvel Madness is I think I guess it's actually an Atari game uh, arcade game. It was just like one of my all time favorites because like the conversion of like Marvel Madness and Arkanoid was just just spot on. Yeah. Like I didn't even know I like, I wasn't in the arcade. I had an arcade in my house. It was incredible. And then and then you had all like the other things like the Amiga wasn't just about games. I mean it was the first computer. Well, okay, maybe this, maybe not the first, but the first one I know of that allowed you to do like amazing desktop video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and and the Amiga, I was always into video. My dad teaches uh, TV production. That's what it, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. So I've always been around, you know, video cameras my whole life. Yeah. And um, I was always editing like VCR to VCR growing up, but I never had any way to do like cool titles or do cool graphics. And then Amiga came along, and that allowed me to have programs like deluxe paint and you know imagine oh, deluxe paint yeah. yeah i love it Elect electronic arts deluxe paint it's just it was amazing <laughs> it was just amazing and i had uh, a device called a jamlock which allowed me to output the stuff to videotape it allowed me to like put the graphics over pre-recorded video yeah. and uh i felt like i was like a little hollywood studio in my in my bed <laughs> yeah I, I i was actually going to say that i i had a genlock I wanted one for like years. I never really knew why I wanted one. It's just I wanted one because it was cool. And then when I got one, I started messing with videos. Exactly the same thing as you, putting the titles over it, mixing and matching it, and just fantastic. It really cool multimedia uh, machine back then, 100%. Um, I have a quick question for Bill. And I've asked him this in one of his streams. I don't think he remembers. Oh, God, don't ask for that game again. Oh, this is not what I'm going to say. <laughs> Does Bill know the game called Legend? On the oh, game? you did ask me that. I did. Yeah, no, I, 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 I wasn't familiar with it until you asked me. It took me years, years to find that game. <laughs> I had it when I was a kid. My father bought it for me for one of my birthdays for the Amiga. And I loved it. And years down the line, I was saying, well, "What was that game called?" And I loved, it. and I couldn't. Quick, you, couldn't quick, quick, the name. quick, quick back, quick plot backstory, whatever you want to call it, for uh, <laughs> for for Mr. Gray's hunt for this game. Yeah, uh, I've been streaming for a couple of years, and I've known him for most of that time. And all the time when somebody comes on saying, oh, I knew about computers, blah blah blah, it's like, do you remember this yeah. game? It had Aztecs yeah. in it. You could uh -huh. time travel, and, and literally everybody 
probably in the entire world as it went around as a meme was hunting for this game for Mr. Gray. I was hunting for Bill's channel. Boom. <laughs> nice. I can't remember who answered it for me, you know. I can't remember, but I was so chuffed, so bloody chuffed. It was just like if if only it had found Bill from the in the first place. <laughs> no. Everything would have been solved. No problems at all. The other thing about the Amiga that was interesting and you know not not as well documented, but the um, the community around it is just incredible. I mean, obviously everyone knows Amiga community now is is really really strong, but yeah. it was strong back then too. And it was. Yeah. And uh, like I had, um, I, I joined an Amiga user group that was in my town. Uh, there was a, a big user group in New York City that had like 300 members, and I live in the suburbs, about 30 minutes outside the city. So yeah. they made a satellite group for people who didn't want to travel into the city. Uh, and we used to meet uh, once a month, and then one day the the guys decided they didn't want to do it anymore. So I, I took over the club, and this is probably like 1989. And uh, we've been we've been meeting on the first Thursday of every month ever since. We never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it's just the the guys and uh, and and girls that I met in that club are they're just really special group of people. They've become like my personal friends, you know, outside of Amiga. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's oh, it's it's not just about the computer. Like the people who are attracted to that computer are a really special group of people and and they're they're pretty amazing yeah i'm so glad you came on here he's got such passion for that bloody machine it's incredible <laughs> who wouldn't do it oh no no i, I mean we all we all have passion yeah, but yeah. he puts my passion to shame uh yeah. Annie yeah. TV, welcome to the stream johnny <laughs> in the house oh bovine divine what's up dude yeah oh 1084s monitor the 1084s monitor is gorgeous i absolutely I, love I it i remember the 1084 monitor i got one or two i think i got two back in in the day and um oh, slightly after the day actually because uh, i couldn't afford them back when it first came out um and fantastic incredible monitors so good a picture uh it's just yeah it's just, it was just perfect it really was. that's an interesting thing about the 500 you know i was i was really lucky where i my 500 i got an amiga 2002 a commodore 2002 monitor with my 500 yeah. and I, I hooked it up with the rgb and you know it was it was gorgeous but the amiga uh, video output the composite video output on the 500 was only black and white so uh -huh. if you wanted if you didn't have a monitor if you didn't have a crt monitor you had to use this adapter that like plugged into the rgb yeah, port yeah, and then yeah. had it and the quality was like it was not good it was poop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just terrible and uh so i i that's something i never really thought about but you know a lot of folks who who didn't have a crt available to them uh, you know rgb crt monitor like we're, we're really at a disadvantage because the, the quality of that signal is pretty poor. And then finally, when the 1200 came out, they built that device into the machine so you could at least have a color composite in the machine, but it still yeah. it still wasn't that great quality-wise. Yeah. I've got to do a quick shout out for Amiga RGB because if you have... I found this out through a certain YouTube channel. I didn't even hunt for this particular YouTube channel. I just randomly went for it. How to connect an Amiga 1200 up to a modern day lcd screen the kind we all have on as pcs i've got two in front of me right now and uh, it turns out you just buy the plug plug it in upgrade it with an upscaler which is like 18 dollars or something in america and uh boom and that was of course guru meditation which is amiga bill and anthony anthony thank you sorry anthony i'm not uh, i know amiga bill a lot i don't know anthony so well um and I found this thing. I'm like, oh, okay. I found Amiga Bill. This is handy. Watched it, and I'm like, okay. So basically, twelve quid, and I can do this on a mod. You can't do that on com old retro computers and consoles. You can't. You you try, you try plugging this. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, it requires some work and some effort. But the Amiga, boom, straight on. And I think it's all models, isn't it? That do Amiga RGB. 
Yeah, all models except was it the CD32? CD32. I mean, yeah, one. Anthony actually the said that on your video. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the CD30. Yeah, that's which is strange. Or is it the CDTV? That, no, it's, no it, was the CD32. CD32. Yeah. it was the CD32. It was the CD32. Another, another great, another great uh, Amiga that wasn't actually popular here in the states. CD32, like most of the ones you find these days, are PAL. It was not oh, popular anywhere. Only ever one one person yeah, I ever knew had it, and he was one of those kids who was like. He took. He brought his football to the field, but wouldn't let anyone play with it. So when he had uh, Mega th CD32, he was like, "Oh, can we come down here and play?" No. <laughs> so I never got to play one. Sure. He always bragged about how good he was and all that. But I never. If you're out one. there, you're a wanker. Let's okay? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> play you spread the Amiga love. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't hoard the Amiga love. You got to spread the yeah, Amiga love. You would never like, let exactly. anyone play it. He's probably bald and. <laughs> I'll yeah. take that back. Um, <laughs> He's probably an ST user now. Ooh. Oh. You were talking about the community. Um, by the way, you've got four minutes left according to my time. Uh, you know, let me let me just check my email. I'm good. I'm a, I'm preparing for a job tomorrow, okay. and I need to do a few things for it. But as of now, everything is quiet on the email front, so I'm good. I'm okay. good. Okay, okay. Just, just shout and go when you need to go because we're not okay. going to cost you a job. Why don't you get that no. job? Bloody hitch in his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got the job. I just have to prepare myself for it. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, we were talking about sales of the Spectrum and the Commodore 64, and I said the Spectrum, across all seven, sold something like 5 million units. Apparently, Amiga 500 official figures sold 500 units just on Five million units, sorry. <laughs> on just the Amiga, it's too many fives. On just the Amiga 500 alone, uh, some people say estimate, but better Commodore say roughly five million. So that kind of goes to show how popular it was. I mean, again, five million units, just one computer. And they had many computers. Spectrum, seven computers, <laughs> five million units. It's, it, I know it's a generational gap by quite a chunk even though it's only five years it was a huge generational gap because the leaps and bounds in the computers back then um but it, it just shows how how amazing it is and most of those units that are out there the communities you were talking about um i was in a computer club we used to shun the atari st guys just to go <laughs> over there we we didn't care. But we got a better sound chip. Yeah, we don't care. Like gang <laughs> stuff. We didn't have back alleys. You're an ST. There's, there's like tw <laughs> 12 kids around with, with the Amiga 500s and, and, and sometimes an Amiga 1000, which was a beautiful machine. I wanted to say that when you were talking about it, but I could never afford one. Um, and then there's this one kid with his Atari ST shunned out, eventually left completely, and it just became <laughs> oh, an Amiga club. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible. That's funny. Yeah, it's so weird because the whole, the whole like Amiga versus Atari ST thing, it, it, well, it wasn't really that big here in the States. Um, an interesting thing about like Commodore is like uh, Commodore had stores, so you could go into a computer shop that was a Commodore shop. But we didn't really have like Atari shops here, and I think that has to do with like why the community wasn't as strong because they didn't have like a place to meet. Like we had our meetings at the Commodore store, and the Amigas were all there, and it was it was just a great place for people to meet. But if you wanted Atari here, you'd have to go to like a television shop. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same vibe. So it's unfortunate for those guys, you know. Um, but I think that's was one of the draws of the Amiga as well. It's like the the store that you can like, <clears throat> along with it was outstanding. Like our, our two Commodore shops that we had here uh, up in White Plains were just they were just awesome and they were great places to hang out. Like everyone who worked there was really smart and knew what they were doing and it was it was a great place. Yeah. 
Uh, Amiga 500 got discontinued in 92? I think so. Well, um, very early. So I don't remember when they actually stopped. I, I, I actually think that's quite a long time. 87 to 92 for a computer. Oh, saying that, yeah, no. a long time. Uh, yeah, but bear yeah. in mind, you couldn't really upgrade a 500. I mean, you could. You could stick in the extra... Uh, the what was it called? The expansion, the, the four megabyte accelerator yeah. card. <laughs> the accelerator card, yes. Yeah, My father had one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had hard drives that you could slide into the expansion port as well. Yeah. I had a 20 megabyte hard drive for my 500. <laughs> 20 megabytes. Yeah, <laughs> 20 megs. Right, and right, you could upgrade it to. Uh, you could um, upgrade it to one megabyte of RAM. You know, initially, and yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It now, now you can do amazing things with it. They have the ACA yeah. 500 plus. It's, it's. You, they have the Vampire for it. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If you unbelievable. could afford to upgrade it back then, it was still oh, yeah. kind of limited. So I think 87 to 92, it actually lasted a long time. Which of course then got replaced mm -hmm. by the replaced by the A600, which I, mean, I think uh, is kind of cute in its smallness. It looks kind of neat, but I never really liked it. Probably because I had an A1200. Mm. um at the time so now the a600 was ecs yeah yeah yep. enhanced chipset enhanced yep. chipset yeah and of course the 1200 was aga the advanced yes. graphics architecture is that what it stands yep. for yep. yep 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 uh what was the 500 ocs ocs ordinary? original chipset original yep. okay. ordinary okay. <laughs> ordinary original yeah. yeah um did you have much experience either of you two with the 600 did you know was it a thing that you went into not for I, me. My mate had one, but I didn't. I never played one. Never not a six hundred anyway. Yeah, six hundred was not not popular here either. Most people either went to uh, like a three thousand or twelve hundred or four thousand. Yeah. Six hundred was pretty like a little bit too little, too late. You know, it's definitely a cool machine. It's got the PC MCA slot, which is really nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, but nowadays, like people often ask me, you know, like what which Amiga should I get? And for me, it's the 1200. It's like a no-brainer um, yeah. because you have the all the AGA graphics. It's expandable to 060 if you can afford an 060. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, it's you can uh, a, a huge thing here in the states is being able to switch into PAL mode uh, mm -hmm. because a lot of things that are coming out these days or you know have come out all the classics also are are PAL whether they're PAL games or PAL demos, yeah. and uh, they don't work on an NTSC machine. You know, if you're lucky, it'll just cut off the bottom. Of the screen if you're if you're unlucky then the whatever you're trying to run won't work at all so the ability to switch to um the pal between panel and ntsc is is great i mean now yeah. of course now you can do that in a 500 as well with the aca 500 plus but i'm just talking about like stock machine yeah yeah so 1200s we, we've, we've slipped onto 1200s why not we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about the games in a bit um 12 i had a 1200 uh pcmca i had a squirrel interface uh it oh, cost, yeah. cost about 400 quid it was retardedly expensive. Mm -hmm. um, that enabled me to... I, I had hard drives in it then and on the externally in a tower case and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had a Picasso 2 in mind. Oh, it's a great card. Huge card, uh, <laughs> if, if I remember rightly. The Picasso 2 was pretty big. Um, fantastic machine for upgrading. Really expensive to upgrade. Which I suspect was, I think at the time, everybody thought that that was the Commodore's downfall, is that it was still <clears throat> very hard to do anything with because it was all on board, all, all on one motherboard, most things. And then you upgraded externally via expensive ways. I mean, was that your experience too, Bill? Did, did you find that, you know, did, did you upgrade your 1200s in that way back then? 
No, no. I, I mean, it was it was expensive. It was easy to do it because you could just slap a, you know accelerator in the trapdoor. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was it was expensive. Um, I didn't. I upgraded all my my machines like one step. You know, okay. I, like when I had a two thousand, and I upgraded it from a sixty eight thousand to an O twenty. Yeah. Uh, and I upgraded it from Kickstart one three to two o two o four, which is a terrible kickstart. <laughs> um, <laughs> it makes things very incompatible. That's why you have a switch to switch back and forth between one three and, and two. Yeah. Um, and then you know the twelve hundred, I put an O thirty in, and that was as far as I ever expanded. Yeah. Uh, for me, Amiga 1200 was also my first experience of the, and I'm going to call it the internet, because it wasn't. It was basically FidoNet. <laughs> yeah. um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys had the same thing. BBS's Fido, um, paying 50 pence, because I was in England at that time, for an inter for, a, for a local, no, 10 pence, sorry, for a national call, went down south, which was quite a long way, and that lasted like three minutes, this 10 pence. So you connected, <laughs> you picked up your mail, you'd left a message on the graffiti board, you had a quick perusal with your community and stuff like that and um those I, those days were just so good uh did, oh yeah did you guys yeah, it was the same. Did, did you do that i mean well wales did they have the uh did they have the kind of thing in wales what the internet no the pre-internet the pre-internet um i i wasn't aware of anything what i called the internet back then my father again he had the 500 first then he upgraded the 1200 for work reasons again mm -hmm. i didn't use it for work but um <laughs> I've, I've said the story before i i was young right is <laughs> the Gillian Anderson story where it, it oh, came on a magazine? Yes. Yeah, it, it was. It came on a magazine, and it was sort of it, it, when you put the disc in. It was a computer mag, by the way. It wasn't a porn mag; it was a computer magazine, right? Sure. But the free disc uh -huh. came with it. Yeah, no, a disc came with it, and it gave you like a mock website. Yeah. Like at the time, I didn't even know what websites were. Like you know, this is how long ago this was. Yeah. And one of them, you could load up pictures, and one of those was Gillian Anson in this, I think it was either a blue or black dress, I can't remember. And the scan line load. Yeah. The picture yep. load like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my big memories of, like, sort of, that, my that, closest memory of website stuff. Yeah. Although that, I wasn't that on the That is Gray's pre-internet times, looking at Gillian yeah. Anderson pictures. <laughs> and I never, ever went to the public domain guy and downloaded a load of anime. That images me uh, never i would never do that never. um yeah young young dumb and stupid we'll say we won't do the I, I just thought you gonna say yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not not for a podcast though no. <laughs> um, i love those i miss those bbs days yeah I, I was big i was big into bbs well pretty big into bbs thing. i started on my uh atari 800 i had an acoustic coupler so i, I would actually take the rotary phone and put it on the suction cup yeah and and dial in that was that was a lot of fun and then i'll never forget when i um but it was it was also a pain because you know it was before it was um it would tie up the phone line yeah if you you know like and you had to the the pricing was based on how far you dialed outside of your home area it was also uh priced on what time of day you were using the phone so and then uh you know i think it was like in 1984 85 or something like that they had something called call waiting so if someone called you you got a beep and yeah. then you could like press the receiver and switch to the other call problem is that beep would disconnect you if you were connected online. Yeah. So then they had to work, come up with a workaround where you dial like star six, eight or something like that. And that would disable the call waiting. So <laughs> it no, was no, like, no, there, I, this was pre ISDN even. So, <laughs> oh yeah, this, no, this is dial up. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is full on like turn, turn the rotary phone. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was, I'll never forget those days. They were, they were good days. They were good days. Yeah. 
I feel like I should have done more with my Amiga when I had it, but it was too young. That was the perfect age, B. That was the perfect age when yeah. we were young. And, of course, now. <laughs> now as well. Uh, how many Amigas do you have, Bill? At the moment, I'm not sure. Cause I, <laughs> this is I his think guilty have, secret now. <laughs> I think I have eight Amiga 500s, an Amiga 1200, uh, an Amiga 4000. Oh, and that, 4, that's my, yeah, the 4000 suite. Uh, but those, yeah, because what happens is the 500 was the most common one, and people start to, they, they, people want to get rid of them who weren't aren't really that into it anymore, and they just come to me and it's like, do you want the Amiga? I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I, another, I wish you were local because, as you know, I'm trying to source an A1200. So <laughs> I would love another 1200. Yeah, I have only have one 1200, but I would I would love to have another one. The 1200 is is so key, and I have a friend right now that's looking for one as well. So I have yeah. to keep my keep my eye out for. The 1200 is just awesome. I've got to do this. This is going back a little bit. But um, we were talking about Deluxe Paint. I I meant to say this when we were talking about it. I absolutely love Deluxe Paint. But do you know yeah. what I liked about it more? And I didn't know this until two, three years ago. Is that when they made Deluxe Paint, all of the developers that we loved and grew up with all used Deluxe Paint to make Amiga games. Yeah. The exact same thing that we were using on our computers. Uh they used as well. I, I must admit, I oh, did nice. not make many Skidmark games with those kind of graphics and <laughs> Shadows of the Beasts and all that kind of stuff. But um, I did Shadow play on the, the same thing. Shadow of the Beast, yeah. yeah. Um, when I first saw an Amiga 1200, this is, again, this is a memory, um, I saw one in a store called Comet or Curry's. I think it was Comet. It could have been Curry's. Yeah. Um, and they were running it on the thing and they were I'm running... Deep. A1200 Shadow of the Beast and I walked past it and I was just like I need this computer yeah this is amazing now I actually don't like that game but <laughs> <laughs> walking past it then it was just like wow this does so much more than that shit can do yeah it was just so beautiful oh but yeah. The thing about Shadow of the Beast is, you know, you saw it on a 1200, but Shadow of the Beast uh, actually works fine on the 500. It's an original chipset. It was um, one megabyte of RAM, and you're yeah. playing Shadow of the Beast. It's it's incredible. It's, it holds up to this day, I think, graphically. You know, the graphics and the music yeah. are just stunning. Playability-wise, I can understand why it doesn't hold up as much, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, the playability is it's, it's, it's more of a, of a, of a technological uh, achievement, you know, than a, a yeah. great playable game. But although I've, I have played it recently and i did much better at it than than uh, i did back then it's it a very very difficult thing you play with i mean i've seen you play modern game uh, well modern and old games on your Amiga. it doesn't help that you've played on an actual joystick not a controller oh, yeah. an actual joystick the, the yeah. blister causer basically yep oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, you could always tell who played games because the right hand or left yeah. hand is the left hand yeah. was <laughs> solid it was just like, you know, it was like a guitar player's. It was, it was just an iron worker, something. It was, the, they were the real boys. Going back to games which worked fine on the old, uh, on the 500 compared to the 1200, there's two of my favorite games which I had, I think, when the 500 was out, which I couldn't play until my father got the 1200. And it was Alien Breed 3D. Oh, yeah. And Dune, the first Dune game. And Dune, I, Dune is love. Yeah, I loved them, and when they when they when he finally got the twelve hundred, and I he upgraded it. I can't remember how, 
Yeah. But I was able to, because on the 500, I always used to try and install Alien 3D for some reason, thinking it'll be different this time. It'll work this time. <laughs> it was like six or seven discs I had to bloody uh, install this game. Yeah. But yeah, it finally worked on the 1200, and it was, I it blew my little mind because it was like you know full on 3D first person 3D. Yeah. And it was it was because like I played Doom, I think. And, oh no, I didn't. Oh sorry, this was before Doom. Yeah, don't try playing Doom on an Amiga. Not back. No, then, no, 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 not on the Amiga. That was Gloom, not Doom. Gloom, yes. Gloom. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But no, yep. yeah, yeah. But Gloom, um, Gloom AGA, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but no, uh, Alien Breed 3D had like I can't remember what they called it at the time, but it had special lighting effects, like you know, and like all these graphical achievements, yeah. which I couldn't play on the old 500, but I loved them, loved them. I love the original. Um, can we talk about games on the Amiga? Yes, I mean, it's an Amiga. Games. Let's yes. talk about games. Yes, I love um, the games. Uh, the 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 original um, Alien Breed games. The top down ones. Yeah, I love the top them. down ones. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Then, then we had the the North and South. The one north and south. south. My favorite game, probably game. on such Amiga. Such a good game. Uh, skid marks, um, oh, yeah. flashbacks, another world's uh, another world syndicate. Oh, syndicate! Uh, all of those games, the populaces, the the you know bullfrog games and stuff like that. Amazing. Uh, what... Another world, by the way. That's that sort of like changed gaming for me because um, my mate had it for his. I can't remember. It might be the five hundred. I can't remember, and. Um, he said, "Come up, have a look at this game." So I come up. Obviously, you chucked it in, and the the, the 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 FMV or CGI, sorry, whatever you want to call it, intro yep. kicked in. And yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe what yeah, I was. You're watching. literally watching a a, a really yeah. good cartoon. The music, yeah. the music, the atmosphere yeah. of the intro just blew my mind. Yeah. And I'll never forget the. If you wanted to go back to the game, like a few days later, you had the disc. The wheel. Can you remember the code wheel? Yes. Oh yeah. Code Line of codes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but another world, yeah. That 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 changed gaming for me, if you ask me. For the you know, and that was the first one of the first times I, I saw what a game could do, like sort of movie wise, if you know know what I mean. You know, yeah. like proper storytelling. I game. think for Brilliant. me that was Subwar twenty fifty. I don't know if you guys I've have never played used Subwar twenty fifty. No. Uh, I I have had a passion for these underwater games ever since. There, I used to go around, used to protect the whale farms, and I think sometimes you get in a fight and stuff like that. That had the same thing. The entire manual was the code book. You know, like say page six, line one, <laughs> word four, and stuff like that. <laughs> it took you ten minutes to get into the game. <laughs> this bloody thing. Um, but but that's that's the game that did it for me. It was it was an epic game on an epic scale, and I was fucking swimming through water in a submarine and destroying things it was like oh uh bill games do you have any that kind of oh yeah oh yeah sure i mean it's but one thing just to say real quick that's very interesting even though like the amiga 1200 you know we're talking about that being the best one to get today and and i I think it is in my opinion and some of those aga games are great but like many the majority of the classic Amiga games are Amiga 500 games. Like yeah. you're talking about, you know, Shadow of the Beast and like Defender of the Crown. Those are all like original chipset games, which is really quite remarkable that they were, it you was, know, able to do was, so much yes. with the, like the, the technology that was basically invented in 1985. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some some of my favorite games. It's it's so hard, you know. Um, but another, it's interestingly enough, another world is called Out of This World here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, I know, yep. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's yep. weird. So that's one. That's that's one of my all-time favorites. Again, shadow. We've already talked about Shadow of the Beast. Yeah. Um. I, I would say. 
the one that I, that I loved back then that I still enjoy just as much today is Lemmings. I absolutely oh, love yes. yeah. Lemmings. Yeah, I love the, the Lemmings. Music. Yeah. The music is great, and the, it's a great mix of like it's not arcadey by any stretch of imagination, but it's a great mix of you know like having to um, control things on the screen and a puzzle game. Yeah, still so plays, still plays well today. It still I, holds I've up. Emulated it. It's it's one hundred percent fun. Um, that also that brings me to things like cannon fodder and sense oh, of goal. Yeah. And, yeah, it's cannon fodder. Oh, such a brilliant game. And, and again, Never that intro. So yes, yes, yeah. that intro. Never <laughs> What what you were saying, Bill, is uh, about the 500 holds up. Most of the games I played, played on the 500. But then when I played the 1200 version, it was, it was again, that step up. But it was still amazing to play on a 500. So, yeah, yeah, 100% right. And Uh, talking about the cinema, um, you know, in cinematic games, uh, there was a company that was based here in the United States called CinemaWare. And all their games, yeah, all their games are very, obviously, extremely cinematic. <laughs> and uh, yeah. their, their, their games definitely took, um, they focus more on, on the graphics and sound and cinematic qualities versus gameplay. So they don't hold up as well as they did back then. But, yeah. oh, my God, like the graphics on some of those games was just incredible. And yeah. you were talking about Deluxe Paint, uh, Defender oh. of the Crown is, you know, one of the original CinemaWare games. And uh, Jim Sachs was the artist on it, and all the, all the graphics yeah. were created with deluxe paint. And I, I was King of Chicago, watching, and yeah, I, I was watching Defender of the Crown being played on uh, a PC, uh, EGA. I can't remember the old like four color palette, and uh, I remember that on the Amiga. And I was talking CGA, to the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to the guy and saying I used to play on the Amiga, and it, it was the same as a god. It used to look so good on the Amiga compared to how it looked oh, on the PC back then. Crushed, it was crushed. just like, you know, <laughs> this it, this is realism right here on this screen on the Amiga. That is orange and grey. This yep. on the Amiga. Yeah, it's still a great game on both machines, but and memories, if you played it on a PC, are going to be for the PC. But on the Amiga, again, yeah, it's just, yeah, brilliant. And, I just... I, I, sorry, I just remembered something as well. Uh, on the Amiga was the fir- one of the first few times, well, the first time actually, that I started messing around with 3D stuff, 3D animations and what have you, because there was a, a demo I had with a magazine called Cinema 4D. And, um, Heard of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, but to buy it was like 500 quid or something. But yeah. uh, I had the demo, I always used to mess around with that. And then I always, there was always a, there's another piece of software called Lightwave 3D. Oh, yes. Yes, and I, I, I'm sure I read somewhere at the time, and which impressed me. I might be remembering wrong that they used the Amiga with Lightwave to make all the CGI in ba- Babylon, Babylon Five. Babylon Five, I, yeah, they did. Because I always tried to recreate it in Cinema 4D, the the <laughs> demo uh, in, in the software, but I could never quite get it. But yeah, yeah they, they, you know, that's how powerful that computer was at the time. Yeah, that, yeah. The Lightwave is an interesting one because uh, it originally came packaged with uh, a piece of hardware called the Video Toaster by NewTek. And in order to use Lightwave, you need to have a Video Toaster. And it was always like the, the holy grail for me because the toaster was was not in my price range. Uh, it was it was still like the toaster was amazing and it, it brought literally studio quality production yeah, yeah, into yeah. your home. But it was still, you know, like $7,000 with the whole system. Yeah, it was still like crazy insane. expensive. But, but for a professional, on a professional level, it was doing things better than $100,000 systems. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Uh, But anyway, the uh, Lightwave, you could only get uh, with a toaster. So I used to use a program called Imagine, which is a 3D modeling renderer. And 
uh, you know, but eventually uh, Lightwave came out on its own. So you didn't need a toaster and I jumped on that when uh, as soon as that happened. But I just mean, I was whenever I used the demo Cinema 40, I was always jealous because I'd look in the magazine like, with oh my god, one day, one day, <laughs> you know, obviously never did. Well, Cinema, 4, Cinema 4D is still super popular today. I think it's it's one of the. the I haven't the seen it for years. Yeah. I haven't seen it I'm for years. Say, yeah, that, I mean, that, that that is now. Now go and do it now. Yeah, you're a working Cinema man. Cinema 4D now. is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> buy the 1200. Buy the software. Buy the toaster. Do it all. Uh, get out there and get it. Um, Oh, but another note as well, uh, where you were talking about uh, like you could, you know, some games you couldn't, they were too expensive or some things. My mate had, a, I don't think he had this in America, it was a thing called X Copy. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, like, don't, mate, we, we don't condone uh, no, we piracy don't. here. But, um, but back then, yeah. I didn't know what a pirate was. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so we used to use X Copy on a lot of things. No, I, well, I piracy, I mean. The piracy on the Amiga, uh, piracy is actually a big part of the whole Amiga experience and the Amiga culture. You know, like yeah. uh, obviously these days, you know, you don't want to steal, right? But back then, when you're you know 10, 12 years old, it was yeah. almost like trading games is almost like trading baseball cards. Yeah, you know? I was like, oh, yes. you've got this. Let me give that. And then, you know, I'm not. Th- I don't. I don't have any concept of like, oh, I'm like stealing someone's work. I never once now. thought <laughs> I was stealing something when I, my mate got an X copy of his game. You know, well, never every, everybody knows X copy even in chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, and but they, you know some people say that the Amiga like survived a long time because of all the copying you know and that was just like part of the Amiga experience and some developers like even like Cannon Fodder I, th- I, they, I think Cannon Fodder is considered like the most pirated game of all yeah. time yeah. and they're like you know what that's what that's what got us out there you know that's what that's what got us exposure was the fact that it got passed around so much the the, the demo disc the the PD scene we can't talk about an Amiga without a PD scene now there was a PD scene on on PD scene on other uh, computers and stuff remind me PD scene what's... public domain oh great you had a PD guy you had the public domain <laughs> guy he had probably 500,000 versions of this or that some shareware some freeware, uh, some just legit full games that were just given away to, again, get that name out. As I said, this this was true indie gaming. This Bedroom coding was the start of all of this. Uh, and they used to release it on PD. You used to release all your demos on PD. But there was also never <coughs> one public domain guy. And I will testify to this in court. I'll put my hand on a Bible. <laughs> and there was not one public domain guy that I knew, at least, that didn't also turn around do you want anything else? You know, a bit on the side. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I got the new worms, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and again, it went out there, you bought it and it, you, you paid a quid per disc and it was packed with this and that. Or you paid like, I don't know, a quid five discs probably back then, a dollar. Um, and you, you got, sometimes you got a little bit of pirate stuff. But it was virtually guaranteed that you, when the next game came out, you always went and bought it. And again, it, it kept that scene alive. You know, it. it everybody wrote, oh yeah, check out this PD disc I just got. It's got, it's got, it's got some on the side. You know, and <laughs> and they went and bought it, and it just spread. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, there was a collection here in the United States called the Fred Fish Collection, and it was Fred actually Fish. a guy. Yeah. yeah, it was a guy named Fred Fish, and he had like the ultimate cl- uh, PD collection. And yeah. uh, we and we also had our own like user groups that have their own collections. I know every every month our user group would have a uh, like a, a WOG PD disc of the month, and yeah. our PD librarian would just like pick 
cool stuff that he found and put it on the disc and say, like, you know, here's this month's disc. And yeah. it was another way to, uh, you guys remember like shareware, right? Oh, yeah. It was like yeah, the game, yeah. the game was like free, but it was an honor system. <laughs> if you, if you liked the game or, or you liked the, uh, the, the utility, you know, that the, the guy would literally have like a mailing address. So like, please send me, you know, $5. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to get so many discs, uh, floppy discs through, um, through the mail. And some of them, I, honestly, most of them were probably not legit. Um, I can't remember exactly. But PD also brought me to something that I've always loved about the Amigas. Uh, tech demos game-wise, not scene demos. Tech demos. Uh, I remember a Ferrari F1 racing game. Again, on the, this was on the 1200. It stands out for me because it was 3D. It was... If I'm looking back now, it probably ran about 15 frames a second because he was pushing, and it was just one guy on one flop, one floppy. Um, it was amazing what you could put onto these yeah. discs back then, and and the yeah. game, and it was fantastic. It was one track, and you wrote, drove this Ferrari F1 car around, and it was, <laughs> ah! and there were so many games on the PD that that pushed the limits of, you know, they they could release a game that say required a Picasso, you know, because this is the place where you got it this is where everybody at the groups they all swap the discs and everything else it was, it was just such a good time and uh, and it was also of course the birth of multimedia uh, the multimedia cd that was that was uh, fantastic i'm i'm going to claim that the amiga was pretty much the birth of that yeah the, the museum right. cd's and everything mm. else yeah um, I, I, love, I, I got my love for history from Amigas, I think, <laughs> because I could look around the Louvre and stuff like that, and you know, <laughs> and there was no other, no consoles that you could do that on. There's no other computers that you could do it on. Even the PCs, they weren't, they were getting there, but they weren't up there. They weren't at that kind of level, um, not around then. So yeah. No, at, the, at the time, like I said, at the time I had the Amiga or my father, the PCs, I weren't even that aware of them to be honest you know of what they were i knew yeah. i knew there was another form of computer but mm -hmm. yeah i didn't they weren't on my radar or anything at that time yeah uh bill yeah, it's funny because yeah god sorry no sure. go on go on. finish what you're saying I was, I was gonna say here uh here in the states it's funny because um i mean pc was king of the hill by by miles by yeah. miles you know everyone had a pc at work everyone had a pc at home and amiga it was just like way like underground yeah. <laughs> people yeah. like heard of amiga but you were really kind of like in that underground like society if you if you had an amiga or even like an atari or something like different you know it was pc it was just so yeah. prevalent here yeah uh i, I kind of mentioned them demo scenes is anybody here in chat not in love with the amiga demo scenes uh, I'm I'm gonna name my favorite, which was Jesus on Ease. I Jesus don't know why. I love Jesus <laughs> on Ease. Uh, I did a stream on them a couple of years ago, and it was blurry and horrible for everybody watching, but for me, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, did you have? I, I I actually loved those demos, and if you remember, I asked you uh, I don't know, about a year, maybe longer ago. I said, Do you remember these things on the Amiga, which were? 3d demos and they looked amazing you're like jesus on ease yes and yes. i didn't know as a kid i didn't know as a kid what that was what they were called but i used to love them they used to come with all kinds of things and the, the 3d uh animations they had in them were better than most things 
yeah. on TV at the time, yeah. like, you know, and they're on these little discs. They loaded so fast, and the music yeah, yeah, was incredible, yeah. and yeah. all these things swirling around, and yeah. I'm just like, oh. insane. And then shit starts flashing at you, and you're like, oh, God, this is giving me a message, guys. It's like a message from the future. Uh, Ivan, uh, was it Ivan? Uh, Hyvan, sorry, thank you for the follow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't list all of my favorite demos, but um, I, I do remember one that I am looking for to this day. So maybe Bill, Bill, you can help me or guys in chat. It started off with um, a picture of, I think it was Voyager, going past, I know, Saturn or something like that. And it said it, it, it said something that Sagan often gets quoted as saying it, but it wasn't Sagan that said it. I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, and there's this famous astronomer and it's going past and he's like, you know, all these worlds and all this kind of stuff. If, if any of you out there, I'm, I'm doing a grey here now, okay? I could be doing this for years. If any of you out there know of this amazing demo that had this kind of techno music of Voyager animated passing planets and this guy doing a voiceover that sounded like Carl Sagan, could have been him, but it wasn't actually him. Um, if any of you know that, please, for the love of God, tell me. <laughs> It rings. It rings a bell. I may have seen it. You know, I have some yeah. friends who could maybe help out with that. But it's so funny because you know the demo scene actually was not big here in the United States. Really, uh, we got we got wow. into it. You know, we in introduced to it. You know, obviously with the crack throws and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, it, the demo scene obviously is huge. It still is huge in Europe, but it's here in the states is just not. It's really not a thing. I mean, there there are certain crops of people you know, groups kind of popping up now and who give respect to the demo scenes. But it, it's so weird. Like it just wasn't. A big thing here in the states at all and would i say crack fair light fair light oh amazing amazing yes. Love the um yeah it's a shame because i don't the the demos are really like the ultimate match of art and science you know like you have these brilliant coders who are making the machine do things that people never imagined including like the original developers of the machine never imagined they could do yeah. and then meanwhile and then you have like these musicians with have bring this awesome music and all these artists with these amazing visuals it's just to me it's just like the ultimate combination of of art and science coming together yeah i mean i know the like the 1k's and the 4k demos are, are big because that's a technical marvel it really is but i used to i just used to love the ones that just took advantage of everything and weren't afraid of being big um ed john i think i said that right thank you for the follow sorry my 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 bot is not bringing up the information my man jerry love jerry he's probably watching he's probably watching from a hot tub in norway right now he's the <laughs> oh, right. he's the man he's hi, a hi, from, hi from trondheim hi from trondheim i love it <laughs> yeah right right and right retro brings up a good point there's a great website called i call i pronounce it poet it's like p-o-u-e-t but it actually has like a um an accent over the u okay um and it's it's uh, a great collection of demos you can search by like demo group you can search by party like when okay. there's ever a demo party you can go and look at uh what was released at that party and what place it came in and you can watch it on youtube or download it it's it's a great website okay is that is that like pue or poet.com or yeah, i think it's p-o-u-e-t.com yeah <laughs> it's really it's a great resource uh .com is for sale Good. so maybe not that one okay. yeah, or, <laughs> yeah if you just google like uh p-o-u-e-t demo scene you okay. know it'll, it'll I, come up i have that one in my browser now so i will check that one after um i'm gonna have to wrap it up soon unfortunately hitch i have about no five problem. more minutes left because i have to jump on this uh 
this this meeting from yeah, my job that, tomorrow. That's, that's fine. You do that. But I got a few. I got, still have a few minutes left. I was able to, to squeeze a little more time out of it, which is good because it's too much fun. I'm, ha I'm having a blast here, <laughs> and, I, and all of my friends are here in chat. Just thanks to everyone, you know, for coming to join us here. Stop. I, I love uh, I love hanging out with the community. Okay. Uh, if it's a question, explain what you mean, and you should be helped there, Hitch. Okay. Right, Retro, I will do that. And, I, yeah, thanks to everybody from Bill's channel that's come here. It's great to see you guys. I'm glad we managed to do one that was interesting. We normally do console retro, but uh, I, wanted, I wanted to do real retro for a change. The market. Uh, as, as it says up on the thing, retro with no limitations. Um Okay, you've got a couple of minutes. Uh, anything, throw anything out you want about your Amigas, why you love them. Come on, Bill, the, the stage is yours. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Jerry, I'm sorry. First, I messed up. Jerry's uh, from Finland, not Norway. My, oh, my okay. apologies. I have a lot of friends, a lot of Norwegian Amiga friends. Amiga's huge in Norway, and I, I messed up. Sorry, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> oh, um, so, but, wow. Well, I've, I've said, I've said a, a lot right now uh, about Amiga that I've said, i've covered most of it but yeah i mean for me it's just the amiga is an amazing machine but it's it's just all about the community and it's it's amazing how it's come back around like our yeah. Westchester amiga user group like in 2002 we had like four guys showing up every month it was it was basically like and we weren't even really using the amigas much we we're just looking for an excuse to grab some beers <laughs> <laughs> we're like a drinking club with an amiga problem yeah <laughs> um so but that, now, is, that, that is epic description i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but now you know it's obviously there's a huge resurgence and i've been lucky enough to like travel to poland for an amiga party i've gone to uh, retro events here in the states and it's it attracts like a really special group of people and everyone is just so damn cool and fun to hang out with and you become uh personal friends with these people that you know it just transcends the actual machine yeah and uh the media community is, is super super strong i've got uh, a friend uh, who's a really a big youtuber he's gotten really popular over the past year his name is modern vintage gamer great guy amazing youtube channel and he uh, he says like I'll, I'll do like a, a nintendo video or you know an nes video or something it's like and it, it goes well, but he's like, but there's nothing like when I post an Amiga video. He's like, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's a really special community. So what do you do? What do you do at these Amiga uh, meetups? Do you talk about Amiga or do you play Amigas together and like, you know, try and beat each other's score? Like, or do this on workbench and stuff. What do you do? It's mostly, it's mostly like what's new and what's happening in the Amiga scene. So if there's like a new game that comes out, I'll play the new game. If there's a new piece of software, I'll, I'll demo the software. Um, and you know, a bunch of a bunch of friends just sharing sharing information, sharing ideas. Oh, you know, I, I just got this cool um, accelerator card. They'll bring it. Yeah. So it's it's whatever. There's no there's no there's no rules other than just have fun. As and if you have a something to share, bring it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Bill. it's been awesome, man. We like we like I said, we started in '87, uh, and we we've meeting ever since. Back in the heyday, we used to meet every week. So like yeah. the first Thursday was our general meeting, and then we'd have uh, SIGs, special interest groups. So we had a graphics and video sig we had a game sig we had a music sig and we had a desktop publishing sig wow. so that yeah so if you were just like into that one topic we'd get together and just talk about that topic and those we used to meet the general meeting was at the amiga uh, at the commodore store and yeah. then the sigs were at people's houses and huh. yeah it's just um it was it, it was amazing but it's so great to see to see it coming back around and people i think people you know when amiga or some of these retro machines were like no longer cutting edge people are just kind of Left them, left them, you know, behind, and it's like, oh yeah, we want the new latest and greatest things. And now, as time goes on, they, uh, I think they're realizing, like, oh wow, remember, remember that old Amiga? Like, let me, <laughs> let me dust it off, and and you know, I had great memories of this computer. Let's let's try yeah. it out again. And <laughs> so I cool. think it's 
going back. Yeah. Well, so I'll be joining that... you soon with my twelve hundred. I'll be joining. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll awesome. be joining the club. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but you're, you're. Yes, everyone's welcome. Yeah, and we have a. We usually do like one bigger party here at my place a year, and we play games and have fun. <laughs> but the right. uh, yeah, I mean, I guess is it is it cool if I talk about like where they can, people can find me yes uh, i was gonna say drop drop links to your youtube drop links to anything you want you've got permission you don't have to request it or anything i oh, already thanks, stuck Rich. you in there as as a special person so, oh, special, person. special person yeah <laughs> um right i have like uh yeah three three main things i have my twitch which is um twitch.tv slash amiga bill which i'll throw into the chat uh, then I have the YouTube channel that I do with my friend Anthony. Anthony and I met in '87 when we were like 12 years old at at WUG. Uh, we have we make a, we have a, a YouTube channel called the Guru Meditation, and we're a good team because good I'm a film a fil I'm a filmmaker, so I do for a living. So I, I handle all the video end of it. And Anthony is like, I mean, he is a Commodore expert, and he's a computer expert. He's an IT professional, yeah. so he he has the amazing amazing knowledge of Commodore and computer history. He has an amazing collection that just blows mine out of the water. He's got Commodore 65, like the Holy Grail, and he's uh, so he, that's you know he brings his vast computer and Amiga knowledge to the table, and I, I bring the filmmaking skills to the table and yeah. together we make guru meditation youtube channel so it's youtube.com slash the guru meditation and then i have a, a, a another youtube channel that i just i have just the archives twitch streams because the twitch streams only last like 60 days or something like that so <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing is twitch tv slash amiga bill and uh youtube.com slash the guru meditation i have a cool a cool uh video that i'm gonna release on monday and uh it's it's gonna be really unique it's much different than what we normally do on the YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is a combination of us just like taking stuff out of our collection and demoing it because we like to keep the old hardware alive. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing we do. We also go to the retro shows and we like we do show reports uh, from the shows. We do uh, interviews like a lot of times some of the Commodore guys show up at these shows like Bill Hurd, Dave Haney, um, uh, Glenn Keller, and we do interviews with them, put them up on the channel. Uh, but this one on Monday is going to be different where Anthony and I are not in it which is probably a good thing <laughs> and it's a documentary about this really cool uh, 81 year old amiga user that we found here in new york so it's oh, gonna nice. yeah it's gonna be really, she's amazing she's a coder and she she's essentially making her own demo scene production that sounds so. cool well yeah. I, I am going to be watching all of that i try and catch as many of uh, bill's um twitch streams as i can <clears throat> and his videos on youtube um so yeah all the best with that and bill I'm, I'm going to cut you off so you don't get into trouble. Um, <laughs> Bill's going to go now. Uh, me and Mr. Great are going to talk about um, PC retro, hopefully. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to follow all that, though, to be honest, because it's all, like, <laughs> lame now. Um, Bill, thank you so much for coming, dude. I thank really you, appreciate uh, it. Thank you for having me on. This is a blast. I had I'm, so much I'm hoping fun. we yeah, can do it again sometime. I, uh, anytime, yeah. No, and I love your channel as well, and that's one of the cool things about... Uh, Twitch years, I met so many like new amazing retro friends who you know may or may not be into Amiga, and it's just yeah. a really cool community here. I started streaming on Twitch just because as practice for yeah. the Guru Meditation. I was like, oh, I'm, I don't have any followers over there. It's like I can just practice and whatever. But then all of a sudden, like all these cool people showed up, and I was like, oh no way, man, this is awesome. And I met you, and I met some really great new friends here. So it's it's so cool how this works. It's I will like, warn you I, though, guys, when you watch his streams, you will end up buying shit. Bill costs you money, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Books, games. Yeah, I'm buying it all. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's another going just real quick, going back to like uh, the whole bedroom stability and, you know, bedroom coders. Like, I. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Bill, we've lost you. We've lost your audio, lost mate. Me. Oh, he's back. What the hell is that? <laughs>
we have, me? We have some. No, I can hear you now. We have some weird um, dial-up type sounds. Really? What yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's a good spot to end it. <laughs> good night, Bill. <laughs> What the hell is that? Hello, fellow Amiga users. I'm Bill. I'm here. And we are the Guru Meditation. Thanks so much. I don't know how to hang up. YouTube channel. Oh, there <laughs> Excellent way. That was incredible. That's um, the best exit I've ever seen. Yep, yep. <laughs> how, how, how are we going to ever beat this? <laughs> Oh my oh, god! What uh, once again, guys? Go 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 sub to him. Go follow him. Um, he's a great guy, as you could tell. He's as passionate as hell about everything, to be honest. But especially about Amigas, and he is so informative himself and Anthony over at Guru Meditation. Guru Meditation is uh, an error, by the way, that you used to get on your Amiga. Um, the Guru Meditate. It was the red arrow, red box. I thought you were talking about actual meditation. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the actual um, theory, uh, why, why that came about, or why they called it that, but I did see it on one of the Amiga documentaries. But yeah, that was fantastic. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, that. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Silly Billy's out of control. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Now, I don't know if you guys that are um, big on the Amigas are going to hang about, but we are now going to talk probably mostly about games on PC. Uh, but again, it's retro stuff. Old know. games. Old old games, literally. <laughs> Oldgames.com. Um, now, the PC never had... Oh, by the way, we don't have a JX2001. He said he was... Feeling ill. So yeah, I see. I see. Um, the, the, the PC kind of lagged behind a bit for me in the uh, retro sense of the Amigas and stuff. Uh, but there was a point when I moved to the PC, which was when <coughs> Doom came out. And I was trying to play Doom on the Amiga 1200, and it wasn't having it, even with the uh, <laughs> extra cards and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I have no idea what happened ever since. <laughs> all good bill it was hilarious mate <laughs> um but before that that was that was the amd times that was the k6 two chipsets and windows 95 and stuff like that uh before that there was dos and 3.1 yeah i can hear your intro playing yeah you should be able to uh it's playing in the background at least um it's been playing all the time believe it or not you just haven't heard it because we've been too busy talking uh but around the same time that um, Commodore, Spectrums even, and the Amigas were going, uh, it kind of crosses the time zones, the PCs were getting better and better and better and better. And it kind of really kicked off with the 386s. Did you have an old PC, Gray? Uh, I had a really, really old PC years, years after the Amiga. Um, I, the first time I ever played, I think, a proper PC, and it was it was Wolfenstein, actually. It was uh -huh. Wolfenstein. My neighbor had a PC, and I can't remember what one it was. But um, to play Wolfenstein, there was a turbo button on the front of the PC. And you that. clicked that, and it's like yeah. everything went super smooth. <laughs> it was amazing. And, like that, and he only ever had Wolfenstein, so I'd pop over his for an hour, play Wolfenstein, go back. But yeah. um, the first time I owned a PC, it must have been it must have been late nineties, 
yeah. maybe early 2000s i can't remember but so, it was so, so you were like me you kind of you you, you kind of erred into the pc yeah. After when the PC had, had, had taken over by then, I mean, in the late oh, it's way after the Amiga, like way after yeah, the, yeah. at the time the PCs. You know, when I had an Amiga, that was the cool computer compared to the PC, like you know. So yeah, but I think, um, I think like, that's the thing. Like Riot Retro says, he didn't know the PC <laughs> until first Command and Conquer. I hit it with Doom, but Doom had been out a while by then. There were other games and stuff like that. Uh, Gray's saying the same thing, uh, but then you get the likes of like. Emma, uh, who's my girlfriend, she's not here right now, uh, she was not into the Amigas because back then Amigas weren't that big here in Norway. Mm. Uh, but PCs, a bit like Bill said for America, I guess, used to just absolutely annihilate it. it used to run U UniVBE in DOS to get 256 color from basic graphics card. You see, I never did DOS. I never did it at all um, until five years ago so i you know because <laughs> same same thing bill said wasn't into some things until they became retro i was like that with dos but then i look back and i'm like wow these things you know amazing the pcs the games that came out um doom being probably the father of all first person shooters are we going to agree with that um i suppose you can wolfenstein came first i believe it but, did uh, it did but yeah doom was the one which was like oh yes this is amazing yeah you yeah. know this is it's like it was a horror game it's a first person shooter you were shooting you know demon yeah things yeah i can't remember what they called but uh yeah it was um it was the first probably the first like quite gory film, uh, game as well yeah, and that was Simons. 1993 that came out. Yeah, so yeah, it, it spread right over the Amigas, and there were games before that, of course. Um, now, Doom, of course, made by id. Uh, it's software. I always called her ID, see? <laughs> what? Call her ID? I always, I, no, that's how I always called it. I always called it ID. It was only years later that it was id. Yeah. I, I knew it was id. It's software. Don't look mm. into id software because Cormac will look into you. Yes. Um, fantastic coder. Uh, his original games, um, he, they first started off with, um, oh my god, I'm, I'm losing my brain here. Uh, I'm going to have to quickly Google this maybe. Who know? Captain, no. Oh, Id. Id. What, what was that first game they had? No give, idea. Give me a sec, give me a sec, give me a sec. Say <laughs> Google. Um, oh my god, I should know this. Commander Keen. Commander Keen. Oh, right, I've seen it. I've yeah. never played it. Commander Keen. Uh, that was really stretching the um, the series. 1990, Commander Keen Trilogy was released in 1990. Uh, that was fantastic. That was the first time you really saw PC retro as a viable thing, in my opinion, um, because it didn't have CGA graphics. It looked, or it maybe did have CGA graphics, but it also had the other version which had more colors which looked great again i don't know that much about that that particular era of pc uh, so i'm kind of hoping to skip really quickly <laughs> um 3d realms they used to publish yeah. most of uh, the yeah. id games to start with they published um uh, wolfenstein uh commander keen um john cormack actually worked on uh duke nukem yeah. Uh, even though he's, most people probably don't know that unless you're really into retro. 
Uh, they they were founded in 1987 as Apogee. Do you remember Apogee? No, I don't know. George Broussard, basically. Um, he's a fantastic. If you if you ever want really cool games, look up George Broussard. You can get most of his games on Steam. I think it's the 3D Realms anthology, but most of the games that he wrote were in Apogee, and they were little 2D. You've actually probably seen me playing them. 2D side-scrolling platformers and stuff like that. Um, Syndicate 3D. Syndicate 3D. Ooh, Syndicate 3D. Yeah. I don't think I've played that one. Might and Magic. Yes. It's the same one I'm thinking of. Hang on. Uh, I think my first 3D game was Quake. Um, Quake was amazing. But my first 3D game was technically probably Gloom on the Amiga that we covered earlier. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Syndicate 1993 for PC. I I don't think I played it on the PC, but I played that version. Yeah, brilliant game. Hey, Retro Steve UK. By the way, PCs are way too expensive when Amigas were just about affordable. Hi, by the way. Hi. <laughs> um, well, when I moved to PC Retro, I like I said, I I skipped DOS, so I literally went in on Windows 95, um, and then Windows 98. Uh, it was an AMD K62. It was 300 megahertz, the processor, <laughs> which was a bit rough compared to now. But not long after that, I had a Matrox 3D card, but not long after that, Matrox. a certain company came out that, for me, defined my retro PC days. You've got your Dooms, you've got your Duke Nukems. They were great. But then a game came out called Quake 2, and a 3DFX card came out called a Voodoo. And now I saw Voodoo, yeah, I couldn't you have afford a K62. Wow, right retro. Get off my CPU. <laughs> I couldn't have. Uh, I couldn't afford a Voodoo cards. <laughs> I, I had the Voodoo one. It plugged into a, your slot, and then it fed through to your other card, which in my case was a Matrix 3D, which didn't do 3D. It was bloody awful at it. It lied, uh, and then all of a sudden, the world opened up for me because 3D effects. Have you have you seen 3D effects games after? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I started the PC mags back then uh-huh. when my terrible, terrible underpowered PC, which I think <laughs> my father handed down to me. Yeah. Um, I think the only game I could actually play was a top-down Star Trek game, which barely went like above ten frames per second, and yeah. that's all I could do with it. Or I could watch little small screen FMV video music videos on CDs. Yes. So that was about it. But um, I used to look at the magazines, and yeah, if, it was all of these amazing looking games and you're like you need the 3d fx or the voodoo and i said i can't afford that it's <laughs> like yeah i couldn't couldn't afford that for till years down the line yeah you know yeah. so no i didn't have those cards unfortunately uh retro steve uh, exactly the same I, I i had a 1200t i had a 600 i had a 500 i had them all linked up together i had the whole thing i had like three monitors and stuff like that and then like i said it was doom and i could play doom on the amiga and it was literally in a window about that size a bit like what great yeah. describing like like gloom yeah yeah, <laughs> gloom. yeah. and i i went to a mate who used to be a pd seller public domain uh, and you what, know, do you bit on the side. what do you want? Yeah, bit on the side. <laughs> um, and he was an Amiga fan for years. That's why I got all my shit from him. We were kind of mates, as well as him being my PD dealer. Um, and then I walked in and one day I'm like, what's that? I was like, oh, it's Doom. Nah, Doom's really small. What are you playing it on? How are you yeah. doing that? And you're he says, yeah, it's not Amiga. I've sold. I've, I've, I've got a PC. And I went home, went to my my she wasn't my wife at the time but 
Um, I just turned around to it and I just said, yeah, got to sell up. Sorry. <laughs> and I sold every single Amiga I had. I regret this to this day. It's the worst decision I ever yeah. made. Um, and I bought the K62, bought the Mage. I bought a Kickass PC for the time. It was fast as hell. I, I think it had two megs. <laughs> two gigs yeah. RAM, two gigs RAM. It must have had two gigs. It, 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 it was state-of-the-art. I played Doom on it. I never looked back. Um, yeah, it was... The, fir the first time I actually saw a proper powered PC... Like I said, I had this rubbish PC. I could I could play anything on it. Yep. I think it was. I went into like we were talking earlier. It was one of those stores. It was either Comet, Carrizo, or Tandy. If you remember Tandy stores, I remember and, Tandy stores. Tandys were great. Yeah, Tandy. I walked in, and right on the top shelf in front of me, they had Quake playing on it. And yeah. I don't know what frames per second it was at the time, but I remember it being silky smooth. And I yeah. and I I've never seen a game run that smooth before no. in my life. Me either. And Me either. I thought, oh my god, I can't remember how much it was. It was like hundreds upon hundreds of pounds. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing Quake on that PC running on that PC. I thought that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's so smooth. Uh, Retro Steve, I, I I get that. I think a lot of people move from Amigas to Playstations because of the same thing. To get a gaming PC was expensive, as you can tell. Anybody that doesn't know me that well, I've got a bit of grey. I'm a little bit older, so I wasn't a kid. I I, I had available cash at the time, uh, so I was lucky, basically. Which is why, for years, I've one of the reasons why I never really rated PlayStation because I was I, I've always been computers and stuff like that. Um, Bob and Divine, two voodoo's in SLI plus Matrix Millennial cards. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you could SLI things back then. Uh, I, I, I had a voodoo. I, I started off with a voodoo, then I went to a voodoo 2. Voodoo 3 I never had. Voodoo 3 was literally, I can't do widescreen enough. The card was huge. It was about that big, but it was still huge. Uh, but voodoo 2, uh, was it the voodoo 3 that actually didn't require a pass through cable? I think, or that could have been the voodoo 2. I have 2. no idea. No idea. Do you remember? Wait for it. Carmageddon. Carmageddon. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Running over all ladies. Yeah. It's literally, oh my god, I can now do Death Chase, <laughs> Death know. Race 2000 Death in Race real life. 2000. Yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> Quake was sick. Quake 2 was, until recently, my all time favorite FPS. Um, that changed due to another game that I'm not even going to mention. Uh, but Quake 2, with, with the voodoos. Just yeah, the glide wrappers and everything. It was just so smooth. See, my my thing. This is, this is going to shock you. I love Quake Two. I've yep. never played it on PC. I played it on N sixty four. I know. At, at, at the frame rate of probably like fifteen frames yeah, per I, second. I, I, I don't. I don't get this. Um, yeah. I don't get this passion you have for Quake Two on the N sixty four. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. You need to play on PC, guys. Guys in chat, get, tell me. I, have, I, I own it right now. I own it. And you on, haven't played it? I haven't played it yet. No, I think Dude, I own it on Steam. Get streaming it. Uh, yeah, it came out on the N64. Um, was Quake 2 on the Dreamcast? No, Quake 3 Arena, which I had on the Dreamcast, by the way. Okay, Quake 3 Arena. Or was it Half Life 2 that kind of came out but didn't? I don't really want to talk about consoles, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah okay let's have a look let's have a look at some games um who remembers lucasart lucasart adventure games 
Lucas, yeah, yeah. In, uh, LucasArts, the Indiana Jones games. The Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, Monkey Island was Monkey, Monkey Island. Island I game? think I don't know. Let's have a look. Uh, we got Loom. Dig. I I say I love Monkey Island, by the way. Yes, Secret Monkey Island. There you go. Was nineteen ninety. Uh, I I never liked point and clicks. Most of the I guys love that know my stream know I don't yeah. like point and clicks, but I can understand the passion for them. Broken well. Sword, Monkey Islands. I loved them. Grim Fandango, Broken Grim Sword, Fandango. Loom. Does anybody uh, dig? I can't. I Who can't remember Loom. Dig. Dig. Yeah. Do you remember? I can't remember that one. No. Dig is the super sci-fi one set on another planet oh I, i've seen you streaming it man. yes yes i've seen you streaming it that's right <laughs> i forgot about that but yeah simon the sorcerer day of the tentacle look at these games coming out there just listen <laughs> maniac mansion not 100 percent sure I can't um, day of the tentacle 1993 tim schaefer um tim schaefer rather famous nowadays for spending too much money and not finishing <laughs> his games properly but back then a different matter sam and max Never um, and I'm gonna. I'm disappointed that nobody's mentioned. I'm not actually sure if they made this, but Beneath the Steel Sky. That wasn't <gasps> Lucas Arts. That was, was Amiga. That was Amiga. For that me. was Amiga first. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh my god, that is such a good game, and the game I have not played for years, and I wish I, could, I wish I had it. That's where the kind of crossover was, though, wasn't it, between the Amiga and the PC? Especially yeah. on those kind of games, because because both could run those really well. See, beneath the steel, steel sky, like I said, I had it in the Amiga. I can't remember which Amiga, but um, it was like that was a proper cinematic point and click, and with a cool story, you know, atmosphere, and and it was funny as well. They had these jokes, like most point and clicks back then. They never took themselves that seriously. No. But yeah, loved it. No, because we got Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> you completed uh, Beneath Steel Sky on the Amiga hard but fucking epic yeah, yeah. I, I recently tried well a year and a half ago tried playing it again I struggled and I was so disappointed with myself that I couldn't finish it because how I did you play that the game. then? Uh, Scum oh, Scum I keep Scum forgetting about Scum if, yeah because I, I literally have not played that game since the Amiga yeah. and I'd love to have a if, go if, if you guys out there want to play all these games like Simon uh, Sorcerer look for S-C-U-M-M-V-M uh, they will Scum play VM. perfectly on your modern day PCs. I'd watch if you streamed it. I did stream it. <laughs> Simon the Sorcerer's Abandoned Work. Yeah, and exactly. As far as I know, that works in Scum VM. So if you want to play any of those games, just just have at it. And you, you can relive. I mean, there's Douglas Adams. He wrote those games. Um, did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Labyrinth was add, add input from Douglas Adams. Uh, then Douglas Adams went on to do Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The Hitchhiker's game. Games to the, the Galaxy. Starship 2000, was it? Something like that? Starship Titanic? I can't remember. Oh, that. yes, yes. I, I, no, I know. I, I don't know. I I know what it is. It's it's It's... It's one of those games that I don't really like, but yeah. it's 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 still there. You got Ron Gilbert, who, who obviously um, uh, Maniac Mansion was Ron Gilbert, who then went on to do Secret Monkey Disc, Island. Discworld games as well. Discworld there. games. Yeah. Disc, yeah. It, fuck, it's the never-ending supply of um, of those games. Um, Point clicks were the best back then. That's you know that I think that's why back then, like if you had a PC, you were a nerd. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. that was the the uh, stereotype of the in your basement. You, you know, the, the nerd with the sports and glasses. I didn't have sports or glasses, but uh, I didn't have a basement either. But I played, I played those point and clicks, click games. They were brilliant. Yeah, I loved them. I, I um, I think we were all nerds anyway, weren't we? Come on, chat. You guys were nerds, surely. Simon's voice was done by Chris Barry. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's I brilliant. I had no idea that that was a uh, Chris Barry. Uh, but yeah, actually no, I do remember something about it. Maybe, maybe Retro Steve told me about it before. I can't remember because we we have covered these kind of things before in games, uh, in the, in these hitching posts. I had an Amiga, but my friend's, friends rich, rich parents, parents. had a, had a PC. <laughs> yeah. That's that was my life for a long time. I, I think it's, rich, it, it's rich a bit parents. like you were saying about your Commodore sixty four and stuff. Your dad kind of had it for business and passed yeah, it down yeah. to you, yeah. and you got to use it. I That's think that exactly was the same with the PCs for a lot of people. But people kind of, you know, they were expensive. They, yeah. they came fully rigged with everything in it. They came with monitors. You couldn't Amigas. You could plug into your TVs. You know, computers. I don't think you could plug into your TVs easily. At least, I don't think your average remember. computer came with an RF. They tended to come with a screen. Sometimes not yeah, even yeah. cooler. <laughs> um, so I think that probably up the um, up the expense somewhat, which is kind of weird because Amigas cost a fortune back then because of the way they actually built them. But PCs were. You know, PCs were workhorses, so there was more of a reason to buy one. I mm. guess that's one of the reasons why they kind of took over. I had an elderly friend now deceased who used Sinclair QL for his accounts right into the 2000s. Jesus Christ. That is that is interesting. That is definitely interesting. Um, I'm just going to throw out another name then. Epic Games. Epic. Epic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was one competitor to the id software tech uh and that was unreal tech which was epic games but unreal came out um i think unreal 2 return to pally was dlc i believe or that could have been I, unreal 2 do you know unreal? i have i have i got yeah i got the unreal anthology somewhere nice which had it has the first i think it has the second and i think it has like some other things about with unreal on it but yeah, that I didn't play it originally the original time around Unreal, yeah. but a couple of years later I played them. I loved them, and I had the demo of Unreal Two for a while, which I used to play the first level over and over again because <laughs> it was that good, like you know. But uh... and then Unreal Tournament, which I will put over Quake Three Arena. Yeah, I know we're, we're I, kind I of slipping Unreal out Tournament. now of uh, what we could call retro. Uh, we're definitely well, like, slipping out of it. I don't know because. Well, how far back is retro for PC? That, know, that's cause... the thing, I think. With retro yeah. PC, because the, the, it, you can play all of these games now. Right now, exactly. Yeah. It's like um, there was um, uh, the first, the very first Deus Ex. Have you ever played that? That is one yes. of my favorite games of all time. The original my Deus Ex was great. Much better. Original. Than the, um, oh, way one. better than the new ones. Way yeah. better. And, and, uh, and System that was... Shock. Yeah, exactly. System Shock. You know yeah. that was another brilliant game on the PC. Uh, Quake Three, almost twenty years ago. Bloody wow. hell! <laughs> Christ. Wow. You see, that's the thing, though. You play Quake Three now; it holds up. 
Uh, there you go. Outcast was another game I could only just about barely play on my old PC because it was hard. It was, you know, the engine was quite. I don't know what engine was. Outcast graphics, used a voxel engine. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. It was a voxel engine. And Brilliant my game. Barely run it. What was his name? Tucker Blade or something I like that? I can't remember his name. I can't remember now. <laughs> and uh, he had the old, you know, the, uh, we are the aliens on this alien race and we have yeah. weird cameras and <laughs> you will save us. It is in our um, thingy. I'm sorry if I'm doing a semi racist accent there. I'm not meaning to. That's how they spoke. <laughs> um, if you need PC mod software to run it, it's retro. But that's the thing. You don't need to mod a game like Quake yeah, you 3. Don't. I, I have right Ooh, now on Windows 10. Right now. I have right now Worms, the original Worms on Steam, and it's not as like a made for Steam better yeah, game. It's no, it basically just that it just it runs. Just runs. Yeah. It just runs. I think that that's why I always say when I when I do this, when I do PC Master Race, I don't just mean PCs, I mean all PCs. I don't I don't do that, by the way. I I do that a lot, by the way. <laughs> PC Master Race guys. <laughs> when I do that, it's simply because you can play all this shit now. Yeah. yeah, there are some games that don't work, like ones that only run with Vista or something, which is definitely retro, but we're just not going to talk about it. Um, but even the old DOS games, until uh, a couple of OSs ago, you could run those not far off natively. You can run them very easily now just by pretending to have DOS via DOSBox. It's just, they just work. Grey has worms, confirmed, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> or Jerry. That's why I'm wriggling case. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I, I have a hard time for PC Retro. Even the old Amiga ports that went onto DOS, you can get them working very easily. Like Populous or the original Syndicate. Um, I had Populous on the Master System, though. <laughs> Ooh, see <it's a> console <laughs> gamers. Boo! <laughs> PCs, PCs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those guys that I, I'll call my PS3 retro, and it is. Um, yeah. But I, I do struggle a little bit more with where to draw the line on PC. I mean, you can even boot the hardware of the original, like a 386 now, or or my K62. You know, if I had it, I could boot it now and I could run the games really easily without much faff um so it's it's kind of weird it's kind of weird i don't know but hey who cares all all that we care is that you can actually run them um go back go back to um how crap my pc was years ago <laughs> it, it took me a couple of years to like be able to afford to upgrade my pc and i upgraded uh, i think it was like a 512 megabyte graphics card and I think I had like a gigabyte gigabyte processor because wow. my first PC would had half of that I think, <laughs> and I bought Oblivion. I know this is not that retro, I know, but it was a couple of years later. But you know that that was like one of the first big world graphically amazing games yeah. I could play you know, on a low end at the time. Well, I know at the time it was a mid range maybe PC. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that you know, that was that's what I loved about it. Like that was the first time I realized where I could save up a bit of money and buy one part for it. I didn't have to buy a brand new console or you know a brand new computer or whatever to play that game. I could yeah. just upgrade little bits, and that was the first time I was aware. You know, started becoming aware. Yeah. Of upgrading, if you know what I mean. 
I think that's 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 I, I, that's why I love PCs because of the upgrading. Um, right, retro gaming. The slot one Pentium was that the huge black monolith? <laughs> slot what, one was, Pentium. What, I can't was remember that, that the huge black monolith in a big ass plastic case? It, it, I don't know how big it was, but it must have been kind of like that. And and if you'd have stood it the other way, I swear, yes, it was that one. Yeah, I remember that one. My God, I am so glad when everybody just went to the normal. You look, what is yeah. that? It looks like a suitcase or something. Um, it looks like a what? I told me they're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much it. It looks like a briefcase. It's not as big as briefcase, but it felt it. Um, everything else, of course, was incompatible with that slot, so that didn't help. Um, nowadays, everything just fits in nice and easy, doesn't it? But not, not so much back then. I, I no. do remember that though. And they were so expensive. Uh, I used to be AMD back then. Now I love Intel. Uh, back then when money was not an issue, but there was less of it. Uh, I was definitely an AMD fan. There is a joke about it. Do you remember? I don't. Uh, I, I always thought that if you could go back in time and do a 2001, you could stick that on a hill and it would educate all of the cavemen around it. Because that's what it always reminded me. Uh, they said they put... Two P1 CPUs next to each other inside. I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I do remember the other. Um, what was the one that? Uh, oh God! It, it ran at half the clock speed, but it was apparently faster. But it wasn't. Oh, what was that called? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh God! Well, really pushing my memories now. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I used to be so into this shit. I used to, I used to build PCs all the time. I used to take mine apart, put it together just for fun. Um, not so much now. Standard CPU. Yes, that is true. Um, but yeah, so many, so many different graphics cards. 3DFX we were talking about. Nvidia bought them out. Then we got the Nvidia. We had the Radeons. Do you remember? Anybody remember? The I've 9, never 000? had a Radeon. I, I... I, I was when I, I had Nvidia uh, cards, you know, when I started like proper using PCs. Yeah. And I, I'd always hear all oh, the Radeons are better, and I thought I can't bloody afford that because they were more expensive. So I've never used a Radeon. But uh, are they still around now? Radeon still even going? Yeah. Um, my old streaming PC has um, a Radeon something inside it. Uh, Six thousand nine hundred HD. My old streaming PC, the one I used to play on, the one that could never run Mad Max because oh, right, it had an right. AMD inside it. AMD used to be fantastic. Radeon 9000, I had uh, that melted everything, including the PC case. <laughs> if you didn't put fans in it, um, ATI, that's the one, yeah, ATI, ATI, yes, yeah. yes, bought ATI, that was it, ATI, yes, I forget, thank you. Um, ATI was. 3DFX, do you know they kind of died? Do you know that Dreamcast nearly used, and I know we're talking about console here, but do you know that Dreamcast was going to use the 3DFX chip inside it? No, I didn't know that, no. But for some reason, which has never been disclosed, they changed their mind and went with ATI. Yeah. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end because they were already struggling, and then 3DFX died, NVIDIA bought them out. I'd say stole all the tech, but they bought them, but it was essentially stealing. And uh, literally killed that that um, spread of extra GPUs that were about and stuff like that. Yeah, Nvidia bought them. 
and uh, and then we got the Nvidia cards and uh, the ones that we have today. I mean, now what's, I'm glad. What's, so what's the competitor to Nvidia right now then? What's AMD. the best? There's only one. Cards. There's only one. Oh well, which Nvidia? There's, there's Nvidia, there's AMD. That's it. As far as I know, in in a general gaming PC market, at least. Oh right. That, that <laughs> that's it now. Um, <laughs> the, there is no an AMD. I I know people are oh these AMDs are great for streaming and stuff like that. I don't care. Nvidia. Nvidia. To be Nvidia, honest, Nvidia. Though, to be honest with you, I don't know the difference. <laughs> I've always gone with Nvidia because they're the ones I see. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. The, the problem with AMD now. And we're definitely not in retro gaming now. No, the problem not. with AMD <laughs> is they keep saying, well, we're going to bring this out, we're going to bring that out. Half the time they don't. When they finally get around to it, NVIDIA have already decided, okay, two months' time, we'll bring out something twice as powerful. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. NVIDIA for power. AMD for money. Yep. Yep. So, it's always been like that, hasn't it? Uh, maybe not the, when the ATI Radians were about. I'm not 100% sure. That's what I mean. When I, when the Radians are about, the yeah. NVIDIA's were cheaper but, for but, me. But going back to retro, like my first chip, the K62, uh, that was bought because powerful money, basically. So it was kind of exactly the same. It was either that or big, black, chunky monoliths sticking in my <laughs> PC, which is not going to happen. All right, um, there's a game studio i want i want you to try and guess gray okay chat can guess too there's a game studio okay they used to make games they used to develop games they used to publish games kind of still do um that was in my opinion the greatest pc most people are going to bore me out for this and follow the greatest pc developer and publisher for games ever known can you name them the greatest in my opinion (sighs) No. <laughs> Microsoft. Oh. <laughs> That's cheating. Now? But no, Microsoft was huge in PC no, I know, gaming. I know. Uh, I'm just talking. I've got, I've got a list here. Um, 95, Microsoft Golf. 96, Close Combat, Deadly Tide. Gex, uh, which is now EDOS. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Microsoft Golf, Microsoft Choice, uh, Microsoft Soccer, M- Monster Truck Madness, Age of Empires, The Condemned, Close Combat, Fight Race, Microsoft Kart, Precision Things, more huge. There is a game I used to like. I played it about two or three years after it came out in 95. It came out in 95, I think I played it in the late 90s, something called The Neverhood. Weird mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's a, it's a claymation, uh, sort of like weird, quirky, insane puzzler. Yeah, I love that game. That was a Microsoft game. Yeah, <laughs> Microsoft used to be. Nowadays, today, I I I rate Ubisoft as probably the best large <laughs> PC publisher developer. Uh, even though we know they get some crap, we know this, but yeah, yeah. Th- they're still the ones that tend to support PC. But back then, Microsoft. See, uh, uh, retro gaming just mentioned Halo, and I, I Halo, as I've said before, is. Halo. One of my top games, my top game, yeah. you know, it changes now and then, but it's usually up there. Yeah. And yeah, I keep forgetting that's Microsoft. Microsoft. I, not, I don't, I don't forget it's Microsoft, but it never occurs to me that it's solely Microsoft. Yeah. Ignoring the, the amount, of, I'm going to say, kids that I hear these days, oh, it's pretty they never get a Halo game on PC. I'm like, uh, hi, Halo One, Halo Two, you know, yeah. the best Halo games. Yeah, <laughs> they were on PC. <laughs> um, 
the Age of Empires games were huge. The Midtown Madness games. Of course, Age of Empires. Yeah. I love those games. Flight Simulators, uh, Mech Warrior. Uh, they did at least two of them, as far as I know. Star Lancer was mentioned earlier. That's Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, Ashron's Call, uh, Mech Commander. Lynx was huge. You might not Can't like Lynx. Zoo Tycoon, the, the Tycoon games. Oh, the Tycoon games, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, just... yeah. It never occurred to me that it was all Microsoft. I, I, I would, I do, 100%. <laughs> Halo 2 for Windows Vista. Yeah, we'll not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I think Bungie went in with, yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, back before that, yeah, Team 17, Bitmap Bros, Gods, Chaos Engine on the Amiga. Team 17, just everything Team 17 ever did. Sim City? Did they do no, Sim City? No, Sim City was... Because uh, we then... Yeah. No. Have a look. <laughs> Go on, Google it. Sim City. Uh, begins with M. I know it begins oh, it's with M. Electronic Arts, according to this. Oh, yes. But uh, Maxis. Maxis. Oh, Maxis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah originally Maxis in 1989. So uh, Maxis was great. Sim City used to be great. Used yeah. to be. Used to be. Uh, hey, Ed. Uh, I think the Edward. same guys who did The Sims. Uh, now, yes. Back then, I don't know if Maxis did The Sims. Maxis actually. did do The Sims because the very because I when I saw Maxis, now the very first Sims game, it did okay. have the Maxis logo load up when it. Ah, uh, cool. So. Uh, do you remember SimCity on the Amiga? That was, in my opinion, the greatest. Sims I can't remember. Game. I I played SimCity. I can't remember which I had it on though. If it was the Amiga or the PC, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Ed. The sound effects don't work, dude. No, no, no sound effects on a on on the podcast show. <laughs> uh, and now, of course, Microsoft. Who cares? Uh, but that kind of brings me to it was something Emma mentioned about um, one of the big things on PC. One of the things that made PC gaming that consoles never really managed to do then, and I still say never managed to do it now. Real-time strategy games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, Commander Command and Conquer. Conquer. The first Command and Conquer is one of my favorite RTS games yeah. of all time. Westwood Studios. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, always, I'll never forget it. Uh, we've got the Dune, Dune 2. Dune. Uh, well, I was a fan of the first Dune. Okay. I was. I, li- I liked Dune 2 because you know, I was the RTS game, but I was when it came to Dune... I was a bigger fan of the first game with the you know the flying through the yeah. desert and stuff. Yeah, you see, I, I was a fan of um, of the RTS of, of Dune Two, uh, also Settlers. Uh, yeah, Settlers, brilliant game series, uh, and I know the, we have things like Halo Wars and and stuff like that on consoles now, but it's yeah. I think PC, PC gaming was set, Amiga gaming was set by all games. But heavily point and clicks. But PC gaming has to be famous mostly for point and clicks, FPS. But I think RTS probably did it the most. Yeah. Populous, uh, yes. Age of Empires and Age of Mythology. Yeah. Either Age of Mythology, I love that game. I still have that on disc somewhere. And I have Age of Empires, I think, on Steam. Yeah. I think yeah. I have the enhanced version or something. But yeah, they, I love those games. I'm just looking now. All these games. I've got a, a list of real-time strategy video games. June 2, 1982. Utopia, Shadow Sorcerer, Siege, Settlers, 1993, Stronghold, 93, Cannon Fodder, 93. I guess that was an RTS. Um, Alien Legacy, K240, Outpost, uh, Command and Conquer, the, the whole lot. Uh, 
uh, Warcraft. Two. I've never played a Warcraft. Uh, never ever Warcraft. played a Warcraft game. Just so Dark Colony, Conquest Earth, Enemy Nation. I could carry on forever. Uh, and we're only up to 1997, sorry. <laughs> it's just so many. Mr. Hicks. Good evening, Mr. Hicks. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I wasted most of my secondary years playing Settlers. I didn't waste my secondary year. I was a grown-up. But, um, <laughs> I'm not calling you a kid. <laughs> he is, you know, he is. <laughs> Warcraft 2 before WoW arrived. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. All, all fantastic games. What guys in chat? What was your favourite? You've all discussed your favourite um, Amiga games and Spectrum games and Commodore sixty four games and stuff. What was your favourite, or or up there your favourites on PC, older games, retro games, pre let's let's say pre two thousand. I'm pretty sure that's going to count. Was it along the lines of the RTSs like Warcraft and Command and Conquer, Dune? Was it the Syndicates, which were ports from the Amiga? Uh, was it the Deus Ex games, the Deus Ex, the um, System Shock games, all those kind of games? Uh, nearest I got to Warcraft was a really bad one called a Clone Estonia Three Online. I don't think I've heard of that one. And I don't think I want to hear of that one. SimCity, Age of Empires. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 1 and 2. Jesus, how could I forget Fallout 1 and 2? I've never actually played them. I, was, I only ever came aware of Fallout when Fallout 3 came out. Fallout 1 hasn't aged very well. Fallout 2 is still immensely playable, in my yeah. opinion. I've seen them. I'd like to play them, but uh, I've never played the first two. Uh, Motocross Madness, brilliant game. Descent. Wow. Soldier of Fortune. I had that. <gasps> Soldier of Fortune. That was a brilliant game. That was the one no. where everybody kind of they, they were constantly moving and and the muscles were flexing all the time. Yeah, yeah, you could blow yeah. their limbs off. You could blow <laughs> the limbs off. Yes, I think it was one of those games where they were like, "Oh, video games is a bad king ping, king ping." That, that was that was a game I would always see in the P in PC mags, which I know at the time my PC couldn't handle. Yeah. I was always so jealous because it was like they were touting it as this uber violent game yeah. and you know it's like I, I always wanted to play that one i like that right retro kingpin fucking kingpin <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh cnc over warcraft yeah i'd have to go cnc over warcraft command and conquer um oh red alert was probably my favorite i think no uh, the, the very first command and conquer is my favorite i still listen to that soundtracking work on um spotify hmm. i love the soundtrack <laughs> A sensible world of soccer settlers yes uh descent was great uh x-wing ta- how can we forget the fucking star wars games i've rarely played any of the x-wings them. games uh tino's playing them isn't there's I like know, 112 yeah, yeah. star wars games or something like <laughs> yeah. that. He's slowly most of them it. are on pc um stunt car racer i only played stunt car racer on the amiga, on the amiga. yeah that's what i had on yeah uh that was jeff cramond wasn't it I don't know. I think it was Jeff Cramond who went on to do Jeff Cramond's Grand Prix, which was incredible. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Uh, Dungeon Keeper. Yes. Brilliant game. Uh, Kingpin was the first limb cutter game I played. <laughs> <laughs> first Unreal Games. Yeah, we were actually talking about those earlier with um, with the 3DFX, Mr. Hicks. Uh, the 3DFX chipsets, uh, extra cards and stuff like that. Never got... Oh, you got to play Kingpin. Never completed it. Oh, okay. You So you have played it, but you never completed it. Cool. Uh, Doom, Doom 2, yep, Duke Nukem, Max Payne. Max Payne, I, Rockstar, before the game. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Max Payne was awesome, by the way. 
Yeah. Are we just naming games or specific game times? Anything, to be honest, Dad. We're, we're just kind of, we're just kind of enjoying, enjoying the retro. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I started this off was kind of RTS games. I'm looking at RTS now, and th there's just so many pages. Uh, I did not know that Bitmap Brothers Z Steel Soldiers was on PC, and apparently it was. I, I played it. Idea. I didn't realize I played it on PC. Maybe, I, yeah, it was only on PC. So Bitmap Brothers did actually cross over. What's it called? Uh, Zed. I don't think I've ever played that again. Hang on, let me. Zed, Steel Soldiers. It literally, a Zed. A, a Z, a Zed. Really, was that a Rockstar? Yes, yes, Max Payne was Rockstar. Oh no, I've never played that game before. Or what became Rockstar, at least. I'm not sure if they were. No, Rockstar. I'm fairly sure Max Payne's Rockstar. Max yeah, Payne is, is, is it actually Rockstar, Rockstar? Definitely. I, I mean, it is the Rockstar devs. It's definitely the Rockstar devs. Uh, Bit of skill, Bryce. Oh, Angus according to this, is Remedy Entertainment 3D runs. No, that can't be right. That can't be. It is yeah, that, that'll be a publisher, surely. Yes. Yeah, no, developers are going to that. Nah, Max Payne was. Oh, I got I got yeah. I'm sure it was Rockstar. We're, we're totally wrong. <laughs> I'm searching for Rockstar Games. Max oh, Payne. yeah, Rockstar Studios. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. Okay, oh, yeah. developed by Remedy Entertainment and Rockstar Studios. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, that's for Max Payne 3 at least. But I'm pretty sure it was just Rockstar that did... Um... According to this, it's Rockstar that did Max Payne 3. I swear Max Payne was um... <laughs> Rockstar 2. Hmm. You know what? We we it's could Mandela effect. We we could be wrong. We could be wrong. <laughs> Old PC game I love. One of the first FPS with a story, so to speak. Delta Force Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. You know we were talking about Outcast earlier, being a voxel engine game. Yeah. Um, which made it your graphics card essentially was useless because most of it was run on the CPU, which of course was. It's heavy. Voxel engine back then, at least, was heavy. Probably yeah. still is now. Uh, Delta Force, the original Delta Force, was the same kind of thing. Because of the um, because it had been a voxel engine game, it, you could literally walk a hundred kilometers in real time in this game yeah. And yeah. to 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 snipe people and stuff like the the, the play field was huge. He's pointing. <laughs> Oh, have I got it close? Yes, I have. I'm apparently going to check my Snapchat. Oh, we got a Snapchat from Steve. Speaking of old school shooters, that one. Operation Flashpoint. That was that that game. I remember I I bought it in a, a second hand in the old store years ago, which is no longer there. Yeah. And I got home. I chucked it in. I didn't know anything about it, and my very first mission, I thought, oh, this is cool, it's like a sim. My very, It's a first-person shooter, by the way, but it's more of a simulator, it's not like a Twitch shooter like Call of Duty. Yep. And I, <laughs> I was in this field, I got shot in the leg from God knows where, and then I had to crawl, to, it took me 45 minutes of real time to crawl across this field while a tank was hunting me from the distance. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> if that's a real, real sim shooter, guys, and recommend that to anyone. Operation Flashpoint. 
uh, Mr. Hicks has uh, Max Payne, the original on CD. And it is Remedy. Maybe devs went from Remedy to Rockstar. I'm something, <laughs> something in me persuades me of this. And if you're showing that, I've got to show this. I've got to show this. This, this, this we were talking about this one earlier. Uh, a lot of people have already seen this from my previous streams, uh, but check out. That. Oh, I like it. I like it. Check, check out some, this. Somehow you've kept the cardboard box intact. <laughs> Manual. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yep. Look at that motherfucker. It's backwards, but you know what I mean. <laughs> that ain't my there's also uh downstairs there's um blade runner i ha i have blade runner i love it um maybe monkey island i think maybe beneath steel sky and uh ah the one with uh, crazy him Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Ripper. Walken. Ripper. I remember Ripper. seeing you stream that a couple of years back. Is FMV stuff, isn't it? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Oh, he's got his headphones on. Hitch. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm here. I'm it's here. it's FMV here. stuff for that Christopher Walken. Is it, if I sure. remember correctly? Uh, yes, it is FMV. Yeah, yeah. It was great. There was a Blade Runner game? Yeah. yeah hell um, yes. It yeah. is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's have a quick it's look. It's the closest you'll get to being in the Blade Runner universe. Yeah, you didn't play. 1987. Uh, Blade Runner is a point-and-click adventure game developed by Westwood Studios, published by Virgin Interactive uh, for Microsoft Windows. October the 31st, 1997. You don't get to play uh, Deckard. Decker. You do get to play at the same time that the Blade Runner uh, movie was happening, though. Uh, if I remember rightly, let's see if I can post this. Yes, it is. Uh, it is the same time as uh, Blade Runner. There you go. Check that out. Absolutely fantastic game. Fantastic yeah. game. And it's abandoned, so you can you can grab it and play it. And you is don't it really? Yeah. About it. Yes, I didn't know that. Now. I didn't know that. It's Westwood Studios. They're dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I am. So yeah, <laughs> they've gone. Uh, that is probably playable in Scum VM as well. Uh, playing from a third-person perspective in which the world game is navigated, explored, and manipulated using the mouse. Wow, technical game back then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, amazing games. Amazing games. You're a big console fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, I, I'm, you say that like it's a bad I'm a big console fan. Um, yes, I am. You don't do PC Master Race. No, I don't. No. But when it comes to old games... Do you have more of a love for the computers, not just PCs, but any computer, over the consoles? No, not really. I have to say I'm more, when it comes to old, old games, it's got to be the old consoles, to be honest with you, for me. Really? I can't, I can't think of, well, I don't know. Unless I've said before, I can't really think <laughs> of, like, old, old PC games, which... I mean, all the things we've been talking about, the Amiga. Come on, the Amiga. Oh, the Amiga. Is, oh, yeah. I had lo I, yeah, my two favorite games was Dune and Alien Breed 3. 3D. The, 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 the Spectrums, the, you know, all, all of the pieces. I, Guys in chat, same question. It's, Console or, or, or computer, not necessarily PC. It's hard to pick on the old computers because I had, I had hundreds. 
hundreds of games on like the spectrum yeah uh the that, amiga that's the thing isn't it when people say oh consoles have got hundreds and hundreds of games you know thousands of games on the ps2 uh, yeah there's like a million games on pc alone let alone yeah the six thousand games that are on an amiga in fact i think somebody said that there's something like six thousand official games on the amiga that they've counted but including the public domain stuff and there's something like over twenty thousand. yeah games just games scorch tanks oh my god on the amiga that was fantastic i don't think i've ever played that yeah you see i'm 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 huge on that i'm trying to get this porn up there we go look at this what porn kingpin on pc (laughs) kingpin from mr hicks oh yes 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 i always wanted to play that hicks why are you not selling me all this big box retro (laughs) 18 kingpin life of crime yeah, brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant game. I still haven't played it. I need to play it. Every day off tomorrow, Blade Runner is downloading now. Yes! We, we... It's, it's awesome. Oh, I can't, I can't do my hype either. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but Blade, Blade Runner oozes atmosphere. The atmosphere straight out of the film, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I agree. Blade Runner is a fantastic game. Um, even for point and click, I enjoy it. Yeah, and as I've said earlier, it's, it's, I don't really like point and clicks. So it is actually a bit frustrating in parts. If you forget, all point and clicks are a bit frustrating uh, yeah. in parts. Yeah. But it's a good game. Yeah, it's it's not a Tim Schafer point and click. It's not a okay. Let's just throw random shit and just see what will mix with everything. Yeah, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's got a quality to it. That's fu- that actually reminds me. I gotta say before you go further, is uh, Broken Sword, the very first Broken Sword game. Broken if Sword anyone game. remember, if anyone remembers, is a part with the goat. And you had to get the goat to move out of the way. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> I was on that scene. It drove me mad. You ever <laughs> want to know why I don't like point and clicks very much? <laughs> Three weeks. Yeah. That's why I don't like point and clicks. And that was exactly the same thing. Just trying anything. Anything to make yeah. that fucking goat move. <laughs> um... Uh, anyone remember Merv the Merciless on Amiga? Came through on a cover disc. Merv the Merciless. I don't remember. I can have a look, though. Let's have a look. Merv the... Can't spell. Merv the Merciless. Oh, my God. That is a weird one. I don't remember that. Battle Chess. I do not remember that. Battle Chess, I remember. Microsoft. I... The Microsoft Chess? Did I? I can't remember. Is is that? Oh, that was an Amiga. Okay. The Microsoft Chess on the PC was actually good fun. Battle Chess, I do remember. Oh, Interplay. Interplay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then Interplay become Ubisoft? No, in, um, Bethesda bought Interplay because oh. they, they had to buy it if they wanted to make Fallout 3 or something like that. I can't remember now. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Extreme Violence, I do not remember. What was that on? Extreme violence on the Amiga, couldn't Hicks. Okay, for those people listening to this podcast in audio form, which is available, by the way, we do apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we do apologize for you not being able to see these things. But extreme violence, you've got Google in front of you, probably. You can look it up. Um, I'm going to assume extreme violence video game might help because don't look at the images just for extreme violence. I can't find it. I, I, I think, I, yeah, I found it. It looks a bit like, um, 
Uh, oh, don't actually go. know. There we go. Extreme violence video game. That is pure Amiga. I love it. <laughs> computer game love released that. in 1991 as a shareware game. It was written by Simon Green in Amos. Yeah, if you Amos. look for if you look for images, you just get some quite gory pictures, to be honest. So, yeah, I saw the one yeah. with the torture chamber and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Amiga Psycho Santa. Wow. Um. So you said consoles. Well. So what- it's it's hard. To, it is honestly hard to choose because I, I I love all my you know like my system NES and stuff. All my old consoles. I love the games on them. Yeah. But I did love the games on the Spectrum, the Amiga. Yeah. It's it's hard to choose. <laughs> we, were to- choose. we were talking about you came from the desert, Retro Steve. Uh, and yes, I know I know you love Dungeon Dungeon Master. That's a good game. Dungeon Keeper is also a good game. Um, I also never mentioned this. I meant to, but Jeff Minter Games. On the Amiga, fantastic. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Minter, yeah, you know, like, um, oh my god, freaking laser beams all over the place. Freaking laser beams. <laughs> yeah, freaking laser beams all over the place. <laughs> Vector, is it Vector Graphics? No, no, no. no. Tempest. Uh, Tempest, yes, he did Tempest. He did the shooty ones as well. Space uh, giraffe. <laughs> Attack of the mutant camels. That's hey. the one. That's the one that I'm trying to think of. <laughs> If you ever look at a picture of Jeff Minter, never approach Defender? him. He looks like he looks like a weird guru dude. Yeah, um, Llamatron. Llamatron is the big one. Llamatron. Yeah. He's obsessed with um, animals in space. With laser beams, yes. Yeah, with laser beams. Giraffes, <laughs> camels, llamas. <laughs> Worst Amiga game ever? Dangerous uh... Streets. I have seen the box art for Dangerous Streets, so I've probably played it. Uh, I can't remember. To it was a beat em up, yeah. I think it was a beat em up. Not one hundred percent sure without looking it up. Llama Soft, I was playing it on the C sixty four earlier. Nice. <laughs> right, retro. Do you stream from your C sixty four? If so, um, you you may have got a, a new viewer. Uh, you probably got a new viewer anyway. In fact, I'm actually going to follow you right now. Um, I'm Let- trying to follow him. It's just got add friend. Is that the same thing though? Yeah, you have to kind of go to the actual channel. Uh, right. And uh, click follow. It's They've changed it. It's really weird. So Twitch, if you're listening to this podcast in audio form available it's from rubbish. iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, follow. Boom. There we go. Do you remember Walker? Walker and the Amiga? I know we're back on the Amiga now. Yes, I remember Walker. Do you remember Walker? That was, that was a brilliant game. <laughs> Walker was a brilliant game. Um, why do they take out one of the actually useful things they added? It's because they want us all to be friends. But regardless. <laughs> um, right. Uh, do you think we're about done with this podcast? I think we might be, yeah. I think we might be too. Yes, because we, we, we said PC met, uh, retro, but we're getting further and further. Yeah, we, we are getting further and further things, away. Though. And because yeah. this goes out as an audio podcast, I kind of need to yeah. snip. Um, we have discussed... The Spectrums, the C64s, the Amigas. Um, we've talked a little bit about the MSXs. We talked a little bit about VIC-20. All of the Commodores, really, we kind of talked about. We talked a little bit about the Amstrads. We have talked for an hour about uh, PC Retro, mostly in PC. Because PCs are so much hardware out there, 
it's a lot easier just to talk about the games. Uh, we talked a little bit about the hardware though, especially the 3D effects. Um, but we started with this, so I'm going to finish with a picture of this. <laughs> Still, the greatest home computer ever made.